And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. When I was a kid, I never liked Star Trek when I was a kid. Growing up, I always thought it was, honestly, I couldn't get into it. My friends loved it, and I would, like, try. I'd watch episodes, but it, it always felt too philosophical for me. And we tried to, like some of the writers, love Star Trek. I was not really a fan. My producing partner never saw it. I find their illogic and foolish emotions constant irritant. Then transfer out, freak! I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Cheap, lying, no good, rotten, four-flushing, low-life, snake-licking, dirt-eating, inbred, overstuffed, ignorant, blood-sucking, dog-kissing, brainless, dickless, hopeless, heartless, fat-ass, bug-eyed, stiff-legged, spotty-lipped, worm-headed sack of monkey shit. <laughs> Hallelujah! Holy shit! Where's the Tylenol? And now, together by live simulation via the internet, Scott Gardner. He's an asshole! And Chris Honeywell. Boy, is he strange! It appears we have lost our sex appeal, Captain. Yes. <laughs> Tonight, on a very special episode of Two True Freaks, we will be discussing Star Trek Into Darkness, the new J.J. Abrams New Trek movie. I am Chris Honeywell from Two True Freaks, and I've got a whole cast and crew of from of spanning, well, we're all in America this time, but spanning time zones and and many, many miles. we got a whole crew of Demanza Corp employees here to... To dissect, well, well, we'll see what happens. So I'm going to go around on the little Brady Bunch grid of uh, Skype and see who we got here. We got uh, Dr. William Robinson. I'm a doctor. I'm not a moviegoer. Also known as Dr. <laughs> Bill Robinson. Um, Hello. Uh, we've got Mr. Paul with a side of fava beans, Spataro. How do you do? And all the way from Texas, United States, Mr. Jonathan Kreitz. It's America. 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 <laughs> Hell yeah. America. And everybody's favorite, the hair metal hero, Christopher Tyler. Yeah. What's up? Couldn't think of anything to say. Jeez. There you go. That's why he's everybody's favorite, folks. Because <laughs> I suck. <laughs> he always, always delivers the goods. <laughs> it's not the best play-by-play man for nothing. <laughs> you can't say that on the radio. And after narrowly dodging a mega tornado, and tell about it, Zomnado, <laughs> Zomnado, Mr. Sean Engel. 
Live long and prosper, everyone. Star of the... I should have went with that. Star of the sci-fi movie, Zomnado. <laughs> that was eerily so prescient. It I was. was. Quite surprised it was. That, that, uh, that we talked about that over a month ago when it happened. Well, yeah, what's funny was... is we talked about it a month ago, and then when I edited it and put it... I did not do that on purpose, because I forgot we... To- I totally forgot we were went on that... down that road. And so I'm editing it probably two or three days I was editing it the day it was like the day before it was going up and I got to that part and I'm just like oh man people are gonna people are gonna think either we're psychic or well actually it's sensitive you don't have to be a psychic to predict the yeah. tornado is gonna go through. yeah predict, um, t- tornado is gonna be here in uh, in the southwest yeah that's pretty much a given and hurricanes in Florida that's true and also, we've got our old friend Dave Atterbury, the guy who put up. Oh, geez. What? Put up with. Actually, Dave Atterbury, Sean Engel, Christopher Tyler, William Robinson, and I have all occupied the same space at the same time. That's not, not easy, that's easy now. Same space. <laughs> same. Was it like, but it was, it was pretty nuts to butts. Dave Atterbury. Hello, friends. How are we doing? Very well. How are you doing? I, I survived at Phoenix Comic Con and uh, lived to tell the tale. Yeah. Um, so I was gonna I was gonna um, yell at you a little bit because anytime you go to a con, man, you gotta you gotta use your your Demanzacorp clout. Get in. Oh, I get did. In that I did. Free. I... Oh yeah. Well, so I saying. actually I actually had the, uh, the the press hookup from a friend of mine here, so. I was all good on that. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, no, it was good. I, I uh, showed Where up. Were uh, your officially mandated Demanzacorp t-shirt? I did. You did? I did. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. Half now we don't have to that. kill you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did about half the day in costume, and I realized I would put that shirt on, or I'd, there's somebody come pay me a visit, so uh, I, uh, so, I rocked the Tutu Freak shirt. Were you so. Mandalorian-ing it? Mandalorian-ing it? A little bit, yeah. A little bit in the morning, so... That was good times. Good time. a little Mandalorian in the morning. <laughs> it always gets the blood pumping. It's like that Rod Stewart song, Mandalorian Wind. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> There's the goods Sorry. right there. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. And, of course, last but not least, you know him from Black River, New York, or you may not know him, my buddy from high school, Scott. Good evening. But maybe what? Scott, you think? Well, that's not the Scott I know. What's mm-hmm. going on? You guys want to talk about coincidences? At the same time that at the same time I was going to school with Scott Gardner from Black River, I was going to school with Scott McGregor from Black River. I... Actually, Scott McGregor is really from Black River. Scott was from uh, Phelps, Phelps Mills, Mills yeah. which was... This is a suburb of Black River. <laughs> a suburb of Black River. That's horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> it was basically, there's a road that runs, and then there was a U-shaped road that ran off it with a post office. And that was Phelps Mills, and that's where Scott Gardner lived. But it was pretty much walking distance between the two. Yeah. But, yeah, Scott and I, Scott and I were... were Part of a, a whole crew in high school, BU. Yeah. Baker's Unlimited. 
And most and probably still have membership cards. So, yeah, some of us are just fresh out of rehab, too. <laughs> <laughs> but, but enough about that. Um, yeah, and uh, the, a funny story. I don't know if I've told this on the show yet, but um, one day I was—I uh, just went out, out back into my garage to get something, came back, and there's a Facebook message from Scott here saying, do you live... Well, I'm not going to say what street because I have stalkers from Two True Freaks because we're so insanely famous. Absolutely. But, uh, oh, yeah. you know, he, he named the street that I lived on and said, do you live there? And, of course, I instantly got paranoid and was like, who wants to know? <laughs> <laughs> the next message is, I think I live next door to you. Yep. And Creepy. And uh, so we walked out our front doors and uh, there was yes, literally next door. Right, ac- right across the driveway from me. It's like the a romantic comedy. For... What was this? And I didn't even. I've been here what four months before I even realized it. I think. Yeah, yeah. like since December yep. or something. And I'm not the most. I'm not the most social neighbor, if anybody's guess. So you know, I I well, actually I was, the only reason I saw you is I was in my smoking lounge off my apartment upstairs. It, <laughs> so. Which is funny because he has this this nice little porch off his his apartment that I've been eyeballing out. I could see it out my window, and I've always been wondered. I wonder if that's a nice porch or not. It seemed like that would be a nice nice little addition to some apartment. But anyway, now that I've introduced everybody, <laughs> I just wanted to I just I just wanted to needed context. I wanted Scott Gardner to know that there's another Scott from high school um, <laughs> in Black me. River so he better, you know, step up his game. We were part of the great game. Halloween Egg Wars together. He yeah. better remember me. That, well, there's a podcast all about <laughs> Black River Halloween. Our first Halloween podcast, we talked about what went on in Black it was River. Epic. It was, yeah, and Don Doney and all that. Anyway, Star Trek Into Darkness. We've all seen it. Seen We're, it twice now. He's seen it twice. Nope. Anybody else seen it more than once? Nope. 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 You nope. one time. Nope. I may I may watch it again, but I'm not gonna pay to watch it again. That's all I'm gonna say about that. <laughs> but n- not that's not in a review sense. That's just in a cheap cheapness sense. But um, what what I guess the format's gonna be is I'm just gonna go around through everybody, and they will have five minutes to give their encapsulated review um it's gonna be this is gonna be spoilers top to bottom um so if you haven't seen the movie and you don't want to know eject now and come back later because eject, eject. yeah it's it's not yeah you might as well fast forward fast forward to the last three minutes of the show and listen to all the the you know blurbs that we have to do in, in public service announcements and stuff and then come back I'm sorry, I, I also have to say that I've been working, you know, twelve hour plus days for the last three or four days, so I'm I'm gonna be a I'm gonna be a barrel of laughs tonight. So sorry folks. Alright. So on my list, the first person is Dr. Bill Robinson on the spot. Ooh, the All right. pressure is on. It is All right, so five, you have till ten forty, Mr. Robinson. And go. <laughs> Okay, that's enough of that. All right. Uh, now, I've come to accept the new timeline. I've, you know, I've put my hardcore Star Trek fandom 
to the side and I've accepted the new new timeline. I like what if stories. That's kind of the way I look at it. But uh, it doesn't mean I like all what if stories. And I like this movie basically like about 80% into the way of it. But it just fell apart for me at, at the end. It felt like they were just going with, well, look how clever we are. How we turned all these certain things around and put these people in the same position as the other movie. But now this guy's on this side of the glass, literally. And this guy's on the other. Um, uh, I did like the action. I thought as an action movie, it was great. And as um, as always, the score was good, although it didn't seem to have as much punch to, for me as it did in the first one. I just felt in some scenes it just, you know, they relied too heavily upon that, you know, the da-da-da-da-da-da-da. It's like okay, how many times are we gonna hear that? There was no, there, 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 there wasn't a lot else to the score that really grabbed me. Um, and can somebody tell me when Doctor McCoy became Doctor Joseph Mengele and experiments with dead tribbles on his desk? <laughs> I mean, you know, is he using it as a paperweight? It's just sitting there. There's Chapel. Bring me another dead tribble. <laughs> I don't care. Kill one of the goddamn things. <laughs> this one's getting all squishy. It stinks. <laughs> Won't hold my my papers down. That didn't work. Right over the shoulder. I, I think it's a I think it's a slap in the face to Peta, who's all, always <laughs> bitching about. Oh, no more animal experimentation. Hey, guess what? In the future, we still have to experiment on animals to get things right. So screw you, Peta. That's have to right. Yeah, right. CGI monsters would be treated well. Yeah, yeah. Tri- now, triples don't have a face, man. That's why people abuse them. Yeah, they're not cute the, and fuzzy cute. like a ferret or a cat or a bear. Now, <laughs> I had no problem with. Uh, Oh, by the way, when interjections don't count on your five minutes. Oh, okay. Oh, so okay. don't worry. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I I had no problem with um, bet with Cumberbun, cucumber. Yeah, condom? whatever his yeah, was. whatever his name is. Yes, Cumberbatch. We know hope. We know you. You'll you, be listening to this. I had no problem with him. Him as Khan, and I actually thought it, thought he was great in in the role. Um. So I had no real issue with him. I had more of an issue with Zachary Quinto as Spock. I just didn't see. He just. Uh, I was going to say he didn't show any emotion, but of course, but that's not not what I mean by that. It's just something just seemed off with his performance. The perform he had a better performance in the Audi commercial with Leonard Nimoy. I don't know if any of you guys have seen that. I thought <laughs> I like his performance in that better than I did in the movie. So. Basically, that's that's my beef. Um, I I wasn't thrilled when I walked out. I wasn't as happy as I was when I saw Iron Man three. When I came out of that, I was like, "Wow, yeah, I like that. That that was great. It was more. It was better than I expected it to be. This one kind of let me down, and and I just felt a little disappointed. And that's 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 my five minute review. I think you got it in about four, man. All right, Paul Spataro, you're up next. Okay, well, when you look at The Wrath of Khan, not only is it my favorite Star Trek movie, it's one of my all-time favorite movies, period. So the fact that this movie tried to recreate The Wrath of Khan, even though it was more of a recreation of Space Seed for the first three quarters, 
that gave it some really big shoes to fill. <clears throat> but I got to say, I really did enjoy it. Uh, in order for me to enjoy it, I had to kind of turn off my Star Trek fanhood of the Wrath of Khan because when I, because in comparison, it comes up short. Uh, I thought the acting performances by Cumberbatch and Pine were very good in it. Uh, I really liked the portrayal of Khan, uh, the way it all came across. He came across as ruthless, powerful, and that his mind was constantly working. He was constantly scheming and coming up with things. Uh, Kirk, you know, you could see like his character growing. You could see his cockiness, but also him learning from mistakes and becoming the James T. Kirk that we eventually will know. Uh, you know, they, they're not just jumping to that, even though they jumped him into the captain's chair way too quickly. They didn't jump the character movement that fast and they're letting him grow in these movies and I like that and I think Chris Pine is up to the uh, task and I think he's done well with it. I really liked uh, Scotty in the movie. I thought he we, we had just enough of him. He was you know a relatively small part but whenever he was on I think he thought he kind of stole the scene. Uh, I, I'm glad he brought his little Jem Hadar friend with him because he makes an, for a nice character. <clears throat> I liked the inclusion of the Klingons in the movie and the way that they showed them uh, it left me wanting more there, and from all rumors I'm hearing, that really is very likely to be the third movie, is some sort of uh, Federation Klingon war, which will then give us a new story, not so much leaning on the old Trek and going to something we haven't seen before, which I like. Uh, I liked Peter Weller as the big bad, even though that part is kind of cliche at this point, having seen the uh, Admiral gone bad before. Uh, I liked Alice even her underwear, even though uh, people complained that it was gratuitous. So what? It was cool. Uh, the fights with Khan, the scenes of fighting with him, I thought were really, really well done. First Kirk trying so hard to, uh, to hurt him and failing miserably. And then the action sequence at the end, even though there was some lapses in logic in it, uh, I really enjoyed Zachary Quinto's fight with Khan at the end. I was not happy, once again, with the fact that the trio in the movie is now Kirk, Spock, and Uhura. Mm -hmm. uh, I think we needed more Bones McCoy in the movie. I think that is a classic combination with Spock providing the logical point of view for Kirk and Bones providing the emotional point of view, and then Kirk having to filter it all out and make the best decisions. I agree with what Dr. Bill said about... Uh, Zachary Quinto's acting, I didn't think he did a good job. I thought, to some extent, he almost seemed disinterested in the role. Uh, it gives you an appreciation for Leonard Nimoy and how he played the role and how he subtly let things come across when he played Spock and how Quinto just kind of failed in that to a great extent. I absolutely... What's that? He just hasn't got the eyebrows. He just <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Eyebrows. But uh, I absolutely hated the moment when he yelled out Khan. Uh, it just seemed so forced. It, there, was, there was nothing organic about it at all. Even if you allowed for the scene and the reversal with Kirk uh, getting killed, mm -hmm. uh, I, I, it just was terrible. I would have liked when Kirk died if he had uh, recreated William Shatner's death scene from Generations and just let out a little oh my before he died. I was wondering <laughs> if that was going to happen. I think that would have been very cool, and and uh, you know, and I think you know only people who've seen all the movies would even realize that that you know that there was anything to that, which I think would have been cool. I hated the creation of magic blood. 
I, I don't really see why it was in there, uh, except for a uh, Deus Ex Machina to repair Kirk. But it also just created a, a situation with the movie now, where you have a situation where they have seventy-one people with all this magic blood that they could use and exploit. Yeah, he synthesizes I think it. it. He he yeah. he synthesizes it, so they don't even need their blood. They've got it in a tricorder, you know, in the memory well, he, card of that tricorder. So nobody ever has to die. I mean, he did need it in order to bring Kirk back. He needed them to get to, to save Khan. Right. Why they couldn't go to one of the 70 other people they had in sure. uh, cryogenic storage, I didn't know. Uh, but what I would have liked was don't have him be able to synthesize it and have an end credit scene where there's some sort of a uh, controversy over having these 71 people in cold storage potentially against their will and having a ruling finally come up at Kirk's suggestion that they release these 71 bodies on planet SETI Alpha 5. I think that would have been very cool. Uh, and there was there was a lack of, except for showing the Klingons, I thought there was a lack of world building in the movie. I didn't think that they really brought you to where you feel like the next movie is something you want to see. Something further I think they along. Should have given you yeah, I think they should have given you some some hints as to where they might go, other than possibly the Klingon War. Uh, and there were too just too many empty callbacks in there, like the like the Tribbles and things like that, that I just didn't think, uh, in, they didn't ring true. They seemed like they were they, they were shoehorned in there, and uh, you know they they could have been more organic. Uh, but overall, I I still enjoyed the movie. I give it a thumbs up. I like the action. I like the most of the acting. Uh, I thought the directing was good. I, I think Abrams takes a little bit of a hit on some of the, his directing, and I thought it was pretty solid and uh, pretty easy to follow. And that's it for me. Am I in my five minutes? Excellent. You were well within your... Well, yeah, you're almost exactly on the nose, actually. Very nice. Cool. All right, next up we have Jonathan Kreitz. <clears throat> Similar to these guys, I actually did really like the movie... I would say probably up until all the con stuff really took off, and that's too bad because I did like the cast. I actually liked the initial plot with, uh, you know, Kirk being sent on this basically assassination mission, whether or not to do that. And like you had said, I think Paul said about McCoy being uh, on one shoulder and Spock on the other, how they talked Kirk out of, uh, you know, shooting the missiles to go get him and bring him to justice. And, I thought there was a strong enough story there, and if, you know, it devolved into fighting the Klingons as the big set piece of action to end the movie or something, that could have been great without the con stuff to seem so unnecessary. And, um, you know, I did, I actually thought overall the cast was really good. I really liked Christopher Pike, especially, right, Christopher Pike, <laughs> uh, who plays, who plays Christopher Chris? Pine. Christopher Pine. Butter, man. Oh, man. Yeah, I thought he was good, and I actually was shocked when Pike was killed at the beginning. Yeah. I was, I don't know, my brother and I were discussing that last night, I was genuinely, that like genuinely shocked me. I liked Pike, uh, so I didn't want to see him go. I didn't either, yeah, that's why I was like, I couldn't hardly believe it, but uh, yeah, I, ah, man, I don't know. I it, The con stuff, it just was almost, it just, it just felt like too bad, it just was like such a waste, it just felt like. I don't know. And I was thinking Cumberbatch was good, too. Like, I would totally agree that he was good. I love him in Sherlock. I love him in everything I've seen him in. I thought he was great in this movie. He's very sinister, you know, very menacing. But uh, I don't know. It just seemed it just seemed unnecessary. 
So, you know, it's a good movie, but definitely, definitely not great. Did it seem hollow? It just seemed, yeah, it just seemed like, I don't know. It, it just seemed like unrelated to really the whole plot that was going on before that. Um, yeah, I would say hollow's fair. I mean, it was almost like, I think part of it too, I was hoping, hoping, hoping going into it that if that was not what was going to happen. So then to like, you know, I don't want to call them like creatively bankrupt, but out of all the things you could do to that, you know, to have that be your selection to, I guess, recreate the, you know, generally considered the best of the original Star Trek movies, like that's your your best plan. That just, I don't know, that just didn't seem like the best uh, way to go about it to me. So... It was good. I love. I actually thought the score was really good. Um, I love the original score. I think most people do. Um, yeah, and I actually agree. I, the five-year mission. It could be the next movie. Could be great because I love the whole introduction to the first scene in this movie, as they were escaping the planet and all of that. Uh, you know, which I, it's kind of almost like a preview of what a five-year mission could be with this cast. You know, little episodes like that of adventure, and thought that was good. So I don't know where the next film could go. I guess Klingons, maybe they didn't put them in this movie more than they were because they were saving them for the third film. I don't know. But uh, yeah, I would say good, not great. That would probably be my you know, summation. Excellent. In like three minutes. Now the hair metal hero delivering the goods once again. Speedy delivery. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> Mr. McFeely. Re- <laughs> yes, I know. I was more a fan of Chef Sprocket, but whatever. Brocket, whatever it was. Uh, my one-word review, meh. Uh, uh, I will say creatively bankrupt. I have no problem saying that. <laughs> um, the The esteem that one Scott Gardner holds the motion picture up with, I hold the wrath of khan up with okay that's my favorite star trek movie um it's just of all the things you could have done after you intentionally rebooted the universe which i loved i had yeah i have nitpicks with the original one but that's okay i was all on board for it here was a universe where they were going to make changes things were going to stick they destroyed vulcan and they stuck with it and i'm like that's amazing they can just now they can go off and do their own thing. And what do we get? A rehash of Space Seed, Insurrection, and Wrath of Khan. That was what it took four years to do? Really, guys? Four years for that to rip off three other stories? I was very disappointed. That being said, the acting was fine. The music was fine. I like all. I like the set design and all the visual design of it. I think it looks pretty cool. Some people think it looks like an Apple store in, on the bridge. I like it. I like the fact that it takes more than five people to run the ship. Uh, <laughs> but uh, just really, you gave us Khan again, and that's no yeah. slight to, to Cumberbatch. He was fine. He just didn't have a lot to work with. Uh, just uh, and, and then just the, the shameless fan baiting is kind of annoying, too. Like the stuff with the Tribbles, you throw in Carol Marcus, but she's not the Carol Marcus that... I would even say there was nothing about her that said Carol Marcus to me at all. Um, Underwear. If, if, <laughs> um, oh, that was the cat people. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like they got they got Kirk right, and they got you know I have no problem with the other cast members. I would have liked to have seen more more uh, McCoy as well. Um, he was the standout, I think, in that first film. But like I said, um, after you reboot, you're gonna just tell me a story that's already been told and with less history. I mean, I did like the fact that he was a guy that was pulling some serious shit on Earth, blowing blowing up supposedly civilians. You know, the whole terror angle, which I thought was that was fine. Why'd you have to name him Khan? Right. Why did why could've why did anybody? Ha- yeah, it it could. This character could have been anybody. He was not Khan. Uh, he could have just kept him called John Harrison throughout the whole movie. Yep. It would have been fine. And, and, and yeah. this, they, there's a throwaway line where McCoy talks about, you think this is difficult. I delivered Gorn quintuplets or something. I'm saying to myself, show me that adventure. That's a hell of a lot more interesting an idea than anything you've got going on here. You know, that I mean, this is a whole new universe. So we've already made contact with the Gorn. We've already seen Tribbles. Things with the Klingons aren't exactly the same. Do something different. Don't just rehash the same crap that we already had. Not that Wrath of God was crap, but that's that's my overall feeling. It, it just, to me, was just a lot of wasted potential and disappointment. That being said, I will probably end up buying the Blu-ray and rewatching it. But of course, well, I'm a total dork. Come on. Uh, that's how they keep getting. I mean, this. this yeah. We yeah. all we're all enabling it's, them. <laughs> Stop enabling me. Um, yeah, I mean, because I mean, I like everything else. I, I, I'm not a huge J.J. Abrams guy, but the cast, the music, like I said, all that stuff, everything was so well put together it, it, and entertaining in, in Trek 09 that I was really excited for this. And then just to be let down with a rehash was was very disappointing to me. That's uh, I think that's my review. All right, I think you'd just delivered some more goods all right sean engel you're next okay much like paul i will have to say that star trek 2 is not only my favorite trek film but it is one of my favorite films of all time it's a great story it's uh, got not only wonderful action scenes wonderful ship battles but it's got uh, great character beats in it uh william shatner and ricardo multiban nailed their roles and put put off the best movie that they could have done. Uh, that being said, this movie, when it tries to ape those moments, fails miserably. However, that being said, this is really a good movie. In fact, I think this movie even is better, in my opinion, than Trek 09, because the characters have finally gotten into their roles a lot more, and they feel a lot more like the actual uh, characters from the original Star Trek. Pine feels like Kirk now. He's gone through his role of being the horny, hot-headed, you know, stereotype that a, a bunch of people relate to the Kirk character. When you ask a general person off the street, what's Captain Kirk like? He's like, oh, he's a horn dog. He likes to skirt the rules. He likes to chase after women. He likes to sleep with green aliens. That's what they think. They got away from that in this film and gave Kirk a lot more humility. And I liked at the end of this that this was the story that happened before the five-year mission. So basically, we've gotten all the the sort of ego of Kirk out of the way. And now it's going to be, from now on, hopefully it will be Kirk going through the five-year mission, which I like. 
I loved Benedict Cumberbatch. I thought he was a great character in the film. I thought him as a terrorist was completely uh, was completely riveting. However, him being Khan was, and I think I said this to you, Chris, was the worst form of fan wankery that I have ever seen in motion pictures. Yes, I, mm-hmm. I think that led to my Facebook well post <laughs> that uh, <clears throat> that it was sort of like an in, awkward and incomplete high school hand job yeah yes i completely <laughs> agree it, it it felt like it felt like abrams and more to the effect uh, roberto orsi uh what's his name kurtzman and now damon lindelof coming in and just trying to say okay geek fans we know you love star trek too here's some scenes from it but switched around aren't we awesome aren't we clever and when they did that, it annoyed the heck out of me. In fact, people who were in the theater with me, I had some jerkweeds behind me who were making commentary throughout the entire thing, which pissed me off. But regardless, even they were upset by the ridiculous fan wankery. I think you could hear an audible groan when the scene where Kirk dies and Spock gives his yell about Khan. I, 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 first of all, because that's a horrible you know sort of tip to the fans but also because it holds no resonance when 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 kirk saw spock die in the original wrath of khan there was 20 years of resonance in that there was a friendship there was a kinship there was a bond in this one in the beginning of the movie kirk and spock really don't even like each other all that much i mean they're forced to work with each other they uh, have to interact, but there is no relationship there. So that that scene rang hollow for me. But overall, the rest of the movie was just it really was good. And I think I have I think I hold this this movie in this movie in Star Trek 09 in high regard because I'm going to get a little personal. Uh, my mother was a big proponent of me getting into the sci fi genre. She watched Star Wars with me like nightly when I was young, when we had our first VCR tape of it and we wore that thing down, she encouraged me to watch star Trek and doctor who and all this. So she, uh, passed away, uh, uh, in like February of 2009. And I recall going to see her in the hospital, uh, right before that. And I remember her talking about the new star Trek film and what my thoughts were about it and what her thoughts were about it. And the, the fact that she passed on without being able to see the original Star Trek sort of, you know, made that film have a kind of resonance for me. So I enjoyed both films. Didn't like the fact that they decided to basically play to the fan base and to try and get in an ill-conceived manner to try and get fans to like the movie more. Sorry, I brought the room down. That's okay. Oh, it was good. <laughs> No, it's a good story, man. It's just like everybody's unmuting. That's all. <laughs> There's that six-second pause where everybody goes, click, 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 hi. <laughs> and we're back. All right. Dave Atterbury, I, I heard you hated this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the part where everybody unfriends me and I don't get on the podcast again. Hey. Uh, I actually really liked the movie. But I think... Um, I think... I'll know whether I, I really, really, really like it depending on the next movie. Because I think um, what uh, 
I think what they were going for, uh, I felt, is that they were trying to basically deal with the elephant in the room and just get all these homages over with in this movie. Um, you know, I've, I've gone basically like spoiler dark. I try to avoid spoilers like the plague now on the internet. And I remember when 09 came out, like everybody immediately started talking about, you know, Khan, Wrath Khan, you know, would be the next movie. And I thought that was the dumbest thing I'd ever heard of. And so I, I didn't believe it. I mean, I went into this movie. I, w I didn't think for a second that that's what was going to happen. And so when it did happen, I was actually, I mean, I wasn't surprised because the minute, the minute they used the blood to heal the little girl in the first act, I knew what was coming. But it's still kind of, I still couldn't believe it even when he said, you know, I'm Khan. I was, I, I was kind of shocked by that. Um, I don't know if any of you guys, you know, knew going in or not, whether or not it was Khan. I knew. I knew. Yeah, I, think I, I think most yeah. people did. I went, yeah, see, I, did, I didn't know at all. I had no clue. And so I was wow. like, I can't believe they, I, I couldn't believe that they did it, but. You've got the freshest perspective of all, because, mm. yeah. Yeah, and, but, but, and so, I, but then I, I, I thought about after, see, and I came out of the movie, I didn't feel like they made, remade Wrath of Khan other than a few scenes. I felt like I'd seen a remake of Undiscovered Country, is the movie I felt that I'd seen. It was the idea of, you know, of, and, and, and then I thought, well, then, and, you know, the blood was kind of hokey, but it got them out of doing Star Trek three. And so when I started to think about it, I thought maybe they weren't so much trying to remake Wrath of Khan as much as they were trying to remake all the classic films and not remake them so much as just get all that stuff out of the way. All of the nods and winks and yes, you know, we understand what your expectations are. Let's just get it out there, get it over with, and then we can move on to the next film in the series. And, and I, I felt that's what the third act, or I should say, the finale, what they were getting at. The idea that, you know, it, they're now going on the five-year mission. They're now going to actually go out and do, be, you know, the crew of the Enterprise and, and, and go out on their Star Trek. And so for me, I liked it because I feel like the next movie is where we're going to get back into that unknown territory that we were at in the last movie when they were covering you know, a time period that we hadn't seen in the films or the movies before, or the, I mean the television show before. So, um, that was, you know, that was me. I, I never even thought about the whole, like getting all that stuff out of the way to start on. I never, I never thought of that as a motivation in this movie. It well, makes it just, sense. If, yeah. if they can get all the if they can get all the fan stuff yeah. out of the way, and it say, wasn't like, a good call yeah. in my opinion, but it makes no. Sense. <laughs> I, I agree. Well, yeah, and I and I totally I totally can see it's a your mileage may vary type scenario. I mean, I yeah, I you know, Wrath of Khan was the movie that got me into classic Trek. So you know, I mean, I I love that film. Right. As, you know, that was HBO back in the day. But I think you know, I, that's what I I came away from the movie like they were trying to just kind of get all that out of the way so that the next time they come around, they're not just going oh it's time to make you know search for Spock again or it's time for the movie with whales so right right I like I like Easter eggs but I like them to be clever <laughs> and yeah. I didn't well, feel like we they were the discussion in well there's when there's we like the discussion, there's some Easter eggs in there yeah there's like discovering Easter eggs which is why they're called Easter eggs because you go on an Easter egg hunt. 
and then there's the Easter Bunny just winging them at your <laughs> right. head. You know? <laughs> like stuff like we used Harry Mudd's yeah. ship. That's cool with me, but no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's from the that's yeah. from the prequel comic. Yeah. Oh, little which I shot off. Read. Like I gotta that, read but... that. Yeah, I gotta read that. The, the prequel the for the I last one comic was really good too. This one is good too. I liked it anyway. But don't we have one more review though? Uh, we have two more. Two more, more. Oh, two. Oh, sorry. Sorry. The most important sorry. one, which is mine. Um, <laughs> mine, mine. It's, uh, Scott is next. Uh, and it sucks having to follow six of you fine gentlemen, because I'm going to say pretty much what all of you have said collectively. Um, I like the point Chris made that, uh, Christopher, anyway, that uh, I was cool with the whole using time travel to reboot the first one and make their own universe and I was under the impression as well that they were going to be able to move forward and do original stories you know and kind of say okay well the Wrath of Khan may or may not happen you know Voyage Home may or may not happen but we're going to do other stuff and that's what I was looking forward to for a new Trek so um, as a movie it's it's a fine movie you know as always top notch special effects including those very fine lens flares um but it's just too much fan service. That is the same thing we've all been saying. It's just beating you over the head with it. And it I don't think it's a good move for JJ just on the fact that if you're really trying to bring a new generation into Trek, you have to account for the fact that some of them may not even know what Wrath of Khan is. And uh, they are not going to get it. You know, they're not even going to know what's going on or, you know, as yeah, another. If they'd even notice uh, it. I forget if it was. Paul maybe that said there's just there was no resonance you know with the whole Kirk Spock thing they haven't earned it yet so it's you know and 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 people that don't know the series don't know the history aren't you know don't really realize yeah they had future Spock in the last one saying you guys are going to be friends forever and you know you're going to change the universe because of it blah 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 and um but you know unless you know the full kind of history of the show and the movies you don't you, that's really not gonna yeah see it wasn't until the seventh seventh review that we even mentioned future spock yeah and that that really that's thanks for reminding uh, me yeah well i know you and i kind of agreed when i mean chris saw it together and it was yeah. just like you know we are all hitting the same cues and audibly i think i audibly said oh no right before con you know spock yelled con i'm just like oh really i'm so dumb i didn't even see it coming I didn't yeah, see that's it coming until it was happening, and then it was just like, ah. Oh. I wish I, you know, didn't see it coming. I wish I didn't. I don't know. I'm, I've been struggling with whether if I knew about it being con beforehand or not would affect my interpretation of the movie. Um, Cumberbatch was just an awesome, you know, just chewed the character up, and I could just watch a whole movie of him being. Yeah, that kind of character. I don't care if he's con or not. I think another one of you made that point that that just didn't have to be a con story to be a good movie, and that's the only thing really taking away from the movie for me is the blatant fan service. And I don't really think I can cover it more than that. But yeah, when future when you dial up future Spock, it just opens up too big a can of worms. You know, he's like, oh, oh I, I shouldn't want to talk about that. Yeah, I shouldn't be telling you this, but I'm going to. And so when you know. I probably shouldn't tell you about the probe that's coming that's looking for whales in a couple of years, too. And, you know, V'ger's out there, maybe. And, you know, it's just... <laughs> well, literally... Are we going to go said, to Future Spock for everything at this point? Future Spock hotline. Yeah, yeah. When he said, you know, I, you remember I said I wasn't going to say anything about, you know, my timeline. 
And then almost like a little ticker tape in my head, I could almost see the words, that being said. Yeah, exactly. He actually yeah. says, that being said. And as a plot device, it's just really stupid anyway. I mean, if this is the same con, presumably, you know, the eugenic wars happened long before the little time screw up, you know, with uh, Nero. And uh, shouldn't, you know, the computer just be, or the the Kirk just be Googling Khan yeah. and seeing, you know, what this, should we trust this guy or not? No, we're going to ask right. Mr. Spock. Well, Marcus, the... Marcus might have scrubbed all, all the record of him. Oh, true, true. I, I guess I didn't think oh, of that. Oh, yeah, but that's right, then... he was like space CIA. Yeah, and then they did find him, you know, sooner because of, uh, you know, the first movie. So, yeah, valid point, valid point. But still, just that, that. The movie came to a screeching halt for me when we called Future Spock. And then at that point, I mean, before that, I think I was able to watch it and anticipate having a good time, even though I knew it was con. But at after that point, it was just like my mind went into look for Easter egg mode, and it completely took me out of the story. It's like, okay, so how badly are we going to rape my childhood now? You know, <laughs> and steal now everything. Now that we've got it tied down, you know, <laughs> that's the only decision you have left to make, yeah. I guess. So now I'm just going through a mental checklist of you know, how many things they're going to... Let gonna... it go. Yeah. <laughs> For what it's worth, as far as what you said about the future generation or the new generation, uh, I went to see it with my 15-year-old son, who is not really a Trek fan at all, and he enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, and I he can was... see that happening. I just don't think it's going to yeah. have... They're going to be like, I think the mindset would be like, okay, Khan. I mean, but there's no backstory. There's no really explaining who he is significantly, you know, like there was in Space Seed and, you know, Wrath of Khan. So. But if you're oh. in the, uh, you know, the video game generation, I don't even know if you need that. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I, I like more meat with my movies. So I guess I do need that, but. Well, again, well, recalling the the writers, the writers are Orsi and Kurtzman, and they are the writers of the uh, Transformers movies. So essentially, oh, they're yeah. known for writing big, dumb, fun. Yeah, movies. they've cut a swath of you know destruction through Hollywood for a while. So, <laughs> so uh, they they essentially took the big, dumb, fun thing and tried to put a Star Trek spin on it. Yeah, and you know it it kind of works. And I think uh, to his credit, I think Abrams tried to bring in the aesthetic of. Uh, of Trek into the movie while still maintaining that sort of big, dumb, fun summer blockbuster. Yeah, and I think that's part of it for me, too, with both of the new ones, was the pacing. Particularly if you're going to do, like, a Wrath of Khan. I went and watched Wrath of Khan, like, almost immediately after, you know, seeing Into Darkness. I did, too. I did, too. <laughs> and um, it was just the, the slow build and the submarine hunt aspect of it, which I know you can't really sell to an audience today, but that... You can sell it to it. You see, that's the thing is they think they can't sell it yeah. to an audience today. But if you're good, you can sell it to an audience today. They just don't. They just don't want to try to do that. They no. don't have faith in the fact that an audience will take some of the. You know, this, uh, David Lynch has become a success, and David Cronenberg have become successful Oscar-winning filmmakers who are like held in high. You know, treated as artists, and they're bug fuck crazy <laughs> both of them their first movies were just like mm -hmm. the most bizarre things you've ever seen and and so now we're segueing into yeah my I, my, that was a 
horribly organized review. My apologies. No, I no, that was that's pretty much how it goes <laughs> on Demanza Corp podcast. This is my first official podcast. Do not feel you're, the need to be gentle with you're me. You're fitting you're fitting right in. Um Okay, so this is the reason I kept it to five minutes because I knew I'd go last and I didn't want to just like <laughs> start talking and then end up going, well, that's about all the time we have. <laughs> But, um, um, shit, now I forgot the witty line that I was, <laughs> I was going to have to, to start off my review. But, uh, I went into this movie top to bottom spoiled like crazy. I was talking with Scott Gardner and he, and you know, it, the little devil popped up on my shoulder and he's like, I'm not going to go see Trek. I was just reading all these spoilers about it. And if these are true, this is just ridiculous. And I said, oh, really? Because I can't resist. I don't even try to resist. <laughs> I just yeah. spoil me. Because a, a great movie is still always spoiler-proof. And I've just spent so much time dissecting and probing and and all that that whatever. I'm, I, I am now the movie Dr. Mengele. So <laughs> whatever. I just shift my cold fish-like eyes onto it. And uh, so I read all the spoilers, and I was just like, that's horrible, lazy writing. And then, you know, I started thinking, well, you can't judge the movie ahead of time. But then I was just thinking to myself, how are they going to justify those decisions, you know? Only with, like, brilliant, brilliant filmmaking filmmaking and writing could you justify the, the whole con blood thing. And... Well, and another thing I never thought of in reading in another review that the con thing is a cure for death and uh, you know the numerous plot holes but whatever you know you can you can I, I'm willing to go to a big dumb fun movie and turn my mind off but I'm unable to turn my Star Trek fan brain off I'm stuck with it and usually I'm pretty forgiving with most mo- and and this as it sounds like I'm about to just like piss all over the movie, which I'm going to in a way, but I would give it about an 80% and recommend that people see it. Uh, that being said, mm-hmm. um, when I went into it, I was just very, I, I, I was really starting to like reach with Scott Gardner, man, because I was dreading it. I was just like, I don't want to see, I don't want to see this happen. <laughs> But I do want to see it because yeah. I have to see it. Dreamwork. And uh, but I enjoyed the first movie immensely. Actually, the you know the first time I saw it, and then I sort of like layered down to a plateau of liking it a lot. And uh, so this one gets going, and I start thinking, what was I thinking? So far, we got some good character moments. Once again, I I, I love all the actors. Yeah. They are. They they sell their roles. They love their roles. They've done their homework. Um, what one big problem that I could actually overlook in the first movie was that J.J. Abrams is knew nothing about Star Trek and was not a Star Trek fan at all, so didn't really know how it ticks. Because I know he can make a good movie. I've seen other stuff that I, you know I really liked Super Eight, and I thought that was a you know had a lot of heart to it. And you could tell he could write really well, and he could direct really well. And and Star Trek 09 was big dumb fun, and it's like I I turned off my brain, and my <clears throat> Star Trek gland 
got buzzed a little bit, but not bad, you know, it wasn't full out tased. But in this one, it was just like somebody was just beating on it with a hammer, you know, towards the end. Just going, hey, old school Star Trek people, you like this, right? You remember this, right? This is what, you know, just in the sort of way of somebody, you know, in high school, that that, that kid who was trying to fit in and didn't understand what everybody else was talking about, really, but was trying to carry on the conversation about sports or whatever and, you know, realized that he'd been talking about basketball while everybody was talking about football teams or whatever. That's how so I basic- sort of get JJ. So basically you had... Maury Clawhammer. So. Yeah. Did you see that? You like that Star Trek? <laughs> How about yeah, this? Look at that. Got some Star Trek for you. You like a Tribble? You like them? <laughs> look at it! It's a Tribble! <laughs> when I have sex with a dead Tribble? Everybody I got a Tribble, for tribble. Hey, we got, we got Carol Marcus in her underwear. <laughs> <laughs> She's almost naked. And hey, you never know what's going to be on the Blu-ray outtakes. <laughs> yeah. So... But that that being said, <laughs> I, I was watching it and enjoying it and going, this is moving, it's moving, it's full of plot holes, but whatever, you're going forward, you're going yeah. forward. The character moments between Kirk and Pike are, are great. Um, I think all the actors are starting to live in the... Chris Pine's starting to look like young William Shatner. Yeah, Quinto, yeah, he didn't sell it in the last one. and He sold it a little more in this one but he is he's a sort of a caricature he lacked Nimoy's subtleties and he's got that baby face I can't get over the baby face and not in a good way Um, but basically you know if it feels like the crew of the Enterprise it feels like these people could age and start actually looking like the Kirk we remember from the first season and yeah and then Spock yells I was even buying the reverse Kirk dies because they could still pull it off if they just sort of blew it off without doing it shot for shot, line for line dialogue. And there's just no way, even though this is a different Spock in a different universe, his emotions, he may be a little more nudged towards the human side because of his planet being dead and that being a bummer. But it's... That is still not... I could picture that character doing a slow burn and just brushing past everybody and heading towards the transporter room and, like, walking faster and walking faster and then knocking people out of his way and then going in and put punching in the coordinates and then going out to get Khan. But the, it was it was as if someone was ticking off a checklist of, of things that they wanted to see you know it or or had to had to have in it if we're gonna do wrath of khan mm-hmm. you know and they should have learned that you don't do wrath of khan again with star trek nemesis but that's another show altogether. <laughs> and and that that sort of end that sort of was the cutoff point last time so you'd think you'd want to sort of avoid that and that's that's the thing. I wanted it to just live in its own world. I wanted it to to own the fact that it's new Star Trek, and that it can do its own thing. I'm, I'd rather you know move forward, you know. But instead, it was like a stall when all this happened. It was like this, this was going so well. I wasn't. I was fine with it being Khan. As a matter of fact, 
I like that sort of alternate universe version, and this is a different Khan. This is an already pissed Khan, because he's already been, you know, betrayed by Starfleet. And uh, and I, I like the friendship, sort of friendship or cooperation between Kirk and Khan, you know, to, to further their you know, mutual goal. But as soon as they didn't have a mutual goal, things got ugly. And I, I, I was all the way there and then boom I'm out of the movie you know and I'm it's like a near death experience where you're floating above the movie <laughs> and looking down at it going oh a tribble oh how interesting and you know at the same time quickly drifting towards the light and uh which is the exit sign yeah which is the you exit sign um I really, one thing that nobody else seemed to be bothered by, I did not like that Space of Final Frontier is some sort of oath that you say before you have your own sh- I, starship. Actually, the second time I saw that, they it was more of, I just think they, I don't think it was meant to be actually the oath of Starfleet, because they kind of... Was that just something Pike made him say? <laughs> if, if so, that's kind of creepy. You know, it, it the second time I saw it, there was more noticeable difference between it, it being Kirk speaking and it being a voiceover. So it like, mm-hmm. transitioned into being the main voiceover. So I, I just wish they would have done it. Time. Just done it like they always do it. You know, like when they did it, like at the end of, of uh, Star Trek Two with Spock's voice. Yeah. You know, yeah. or whatever. And the first time you heard Picard do it, at that and point, just say though, it. It's just more, you know overt fan service too, it's, though. it's, it's fan service but that's okay fan service because i sort of like oh by the way my review's over so let's let's just start discussion here because Pile on. I, I i think i did actually exceed my time you guys should have been yeah i was gonna call you gavels. yeah <laughs> no pound on the gavel and just be like Guilty. speaker yeah. step down Guilty. <laughs> but uh what uh, one thing that I really liked about it is it is the music is is consistently good. I love that it ends and begins the same, like the TV show, mm-hmm. and it, when it ends, it ends with the TV show music. Yeah, I, I like that, and yeah. it, I, I I'm getting the idea that they're gonna do that every movie, and I like that. So it's like okay, here's an episode, and we'll start it and begin it with the same sort of opening and, and closing. And I like that. Well, in my opinion, if you're not going to get like, you know, John Williams or uh, James Horner or, Oh, who did most of the music for the Trek films? Uh, he did the Goldsmith. Gold, Jerry Goldsmith. If you're not going to get those guys, Michael Giacchino is the modern day version mm-hmm. of those scores. Of I those really like I have not first heard movie. Any. I haven't heard the score of this movie yet, but I liked it in the context of the movie. Yeah. I have not yeah. heard a score from Giacchino that I haven't at least been interested in. And he scored that that piece of crap let me in. And even that score had some interesting bits in mm-hmm. it. But you can't go wrong with him. And yes, putting the uh the original Star Trek theme at the end, uh mirrored or brought along with the uh, new Star Trek theme, you know, it's golden. I can listen to that. Oh, it brings chills up my spine whenever I hear it. 
And it's it's not the iconic music of, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark or Star Wars or anything like that, but no. it is very recognizable. You hear this theme, you know it's Star Trek now. I like <laughs> the new the, the new Star Trek theme when when the the music comes up in the theater, it was just like, yes. It, yeah. And it's I like that it's new too and it's and it feels Star Trek. Yeah, the first film where they're uh, where they're going up to the Enterprise for the first time, you hear that theme, you know, this is a Star Trek theme. This is what this is what I associate with Star Trek now. So well, and it's it, it's it nice that they're not afraid to do a bombastic theme. It seems like mm-hmm. most movies these days they're just scared to death of it. Yeah. Well, if you look at all the Marvel Comics movies, nobody really has a recognizable theme. No, no. no. You'd think which, which kind of some sort of Godzilla-like stomp for the Hulk and stuff. Yeah. And how awesome would that be? If you had like that sequence in the Avengers, not to tangent, but we'll tangent, where you know the camera's panning to all of them kicking alien ass from one, you know, each Avenger. If you know, as you see each character, you hear a little bit of their theme. You know, that would have been great. After here, after having it being established in the movies, that's a disappointing thing in modern filmmaking is that the scores don't have distinct themes for their characters. I think it just takes you don't see so it, much work. That's you don't see it in any of the Marvel movies. You don't see it in any of the, the or you haven't seen it in any in the DC movies. The movie uh, the music has been very generic, and it's nice that Giacchino has gone through the Star Trek movies and made a distinct theme that you can readily associate with Star Trek. So that's a that's definitely a good point for this film. Well, I don't know about you guys, but after watching the, at least the special effects and the, and the different shots of the ship and the way you know they move through the frame, I'm pretty friggin' excited for the next Star Wars movie. Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, if I may, one thing: the next Star Wars. Yeah, movie well, we were even talking about that in the theater. How like the, uh, they were wearing like uniforms that looked very Empire-like. Were, they did. They, they that's exactly what I thought. Star Destroyer, it looked like. It had, yeah, they, yeah. Had, they had their Imperial uh, Moth uniforms on when they were in San Francisco or London or yeah, wherever they, they were. And at one point, it looked like there was an X-Wing. Which I think was yep. almost maybe an intentional crossover from oh, the JJ's. Yeah. No, the torpedoes looked like uh, like Rebel issue. Yeah. You know, right. the paint job, the way they were. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were more moving towards the Starfleet becoming Empire. Was the... Well, you see, that I, that's why I do yeah. look forward to J.J. Abrams doing a Star Wars yeah. movie. Because he, he is a Star Wars fan. So he, that's something he understands. He can sink his teeth into. I, I just yeah. wonder why. And, but the, I, don't, I wonder why now. Well, you know, still, I give this movie an 80%. But it's like, what is his motivation for doing this when there would be so many quality directors who would probably do a star, you know, a Star Trek movie. I think they might have been his audition tapes for the Star Wars movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this they, could have been in in the works for quite a yeah, while. Yeah, there could have been. Some. Well, I mean, the first one came out in two thousand nine, so yeah. you know he's he's been involved with this, you know, well before Lucas ever considered selling. Uh, the franchise well that's well, what I'm, you and I'm, i believe but if you're yeah. the hollywood illuminati who knows what's going yeah. on but, well and i don't yeah, think but, uh being a huge fan of star trek or star wars or any of these other franchises is a prerequisite for making uh you know a quality movie right right as True. wrath of khan illustrates exactly he, but if, if you also if, if you're jj abrams and it's whatever 2007 when they came to him to ask him to make a uh, star trek movie you don't sit there and say, well, you know what? In the next five or six years, they may 
sell the rights to Disney and I may get to do a Star Trek movie, Star, excuse me, a Star Wars movie. So no, no thanks. I don't want to do Star Trek. You, right. you, you know, you take what's there. Right. Right. You know, it's funny. It's it, it's always been a joke about two true freaks unnaturally mixing the Star Wars and Star Trek themes. <laughs> and now it's just part of everyday Star Trek and Star Wars reality now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and But yeah, there was... That that chase the the chase scene that was basically the Millennium Falcon flying through the Death yeah. and Jedi. I mean, right. it was a it looked like the Millennium Falcon in a lot of ways, and their banter back and forth, and you know we're gonna fit. That was that. No, rep- no, that was uh, through the asteroid field in Empire. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, or, they, I or, mean, it was or, yeah, or it was a mishmash yeah. of all. Yeah. You know, I was waiting for like an explosion behind them, so you'd have that smoke coming up, you know, nipping at their heels as they right. flew out. Or whatever, but um, yeah, th- yeah, yeah. That was the Falcon going going through the Death Star in Return of the Jedi. That's a good point. Yeah, turning turn sideways, going through the buildings, just like go through the superstructure. Yeah, it, it nope. just was start very Star Warsy because there weren't really there wasn't really anything except for the characters visually Star Trek. I mean, they were Klingon bird of praise, but they they did kind of look like X wings. And they were, you know, and they were flying. No, design. Flies. Yeah, I'm not sure I like the design. Did, did the dreadnought sound like a uh, like a pod racer or something when it came up behind the Enterprise from warp? Yeah. A little bit. Of I was like, what the heck there. is that? That was yeah. the one design I really didn't care for. Was the the dreadnought design? Well, I was like, if eh. Excelsior, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> did you notice? A little bit. Did. Did you notice that that was a model on his desk? In, yeah. In, yes. Yeah. Yes. As he went down, and, and I'm like, oh, well, there's the ship right there. And that model, that uh, class of ship, uh, is from the novels. Um, there was a dreadnought class. Uh huh. Um, I think which, someone posted over on the uh, on the forum or the Two True Freaks forum what an actual dreadnought looks like, and this is probably from uh, like uh, Trek around Star Trek Two era and it's supposed to have the third nacelle third, right. yeah the third the, nacelle uh, on, on, on top the, on the not in this universe but that you can just go not in this universe <laughs> i mean that's, yeah, that's fine true. you know i thought i thought it i thought it looked fine it was a much bigger and much more formidable ship than the enterprise which you know if you're going to have a ship that's designed for war that's what you're going to have mm-hmm. you're going to have a big badass ship but uh, i was kind of impressed uh I know you guys have commented on the show how throughout the series of Star Trek films that the special effects have kind of, you know, gotten weaker, especially like the warp effects. And I don't know what you guys thought about the warp, the new warp effects that they did for the Enterprise, especially with the sort of yeah, uh, streamer channels. Things. I thought that was really aesthetically nice. I thought it gave it a new, I liked it. fresh look. And I liked the whole, um, not really, not Babylon 5, but... Uh, uh, Battlestar Galactica sort of uh, stretching of the ship when it goes into warp. I thought I thought the warp effects were really cool in this movie. I I like them visually, but I don't like the idea that when you're in warp, I don't see warp drive either in Star Wars or Star Trek as being like a tunnel that you're driving through. Yeah. You know, I mean, a tunnel that you're driving through that someone can speed up behind you and you can sort of do a little dodge and weave before they mm-hmm. knock you they knock you out of it you know i yeah, don't that's mind what it looked I, like yeah. yeah i don't mind that you can maneuver while you're at warp but yeah i agree with you it being a sort of uh, you know that's more of a wormhole type of thing right right mm-hmm. 
And Wasn't so, that in uh, the motion picture where they get in warp yeah, speed yeah. and the asteroids out in front of them and they have to shoot it down? Yeah, yeah. that's kind of a that's kind of a thing. Yeah. It could now, be, did anybody that else could be think that uh, the Klingon models in this one looked like more more like the Klingons from the motion picture than any other uh, look that they had? The actual characters or the yes, the actual when when they took the masks yeah. off, other than the fact that they were you know they had these piercings. Yeah, he had a piercing on every bone uh, ridge. I, I thought the ridges looked much more like Star Trek The Motion Picture than, mm-hmm. uh, than say, Star, uh, Search for Spock. Yeah, I like the, I like yeah, the aesthetic I, of the Klingons. In the yeah. Me too. It was nice looking. And I like that, uh, you know, uh, the first time I, I, I was just unsure, I was thinking, oh, oh they're not going to take the mask off. You know, it's yeah. going to be right. Klingons. And we'll get to see him later, so that'll build the mystery. So mm. I was, I, I just decided at that point we're not going to see the Klingon. So I was really psyched when the mask <laughs> was coming off. I'm like, oh, okay, we're oh, going to get to see design. the Klingons. Yeah. And Man. and that the Star Trek fan in me was very happy at that point because it's like you get that's something simple. You get to see a Klingon, and a Klingon is an important part of the Star Wars yeah. universe. It's unlike a Tribble, which is Star- just <laughs> yeah. you know it's. It's like in Star Wars now that everything is a reference to a bantha or a womp rat or something, you know, you know, some some a life form on an obscure planet in the outer rim of the galaxy. But everybody's talking about banthas and bantha poodoo and nerf nerf herders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and it just, tribal herders. Yeah. And <laughs> so. That I that I'm psyched to see in the because I'm curious how are they going to handle it and I and I liked how they handled it and 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 I, and I thought they left you wanting more yeah oh definitely if they do go with the Klingons in the next movie yeah. you know it it, it puts puts them in a good spot to do that I kind of wish it wouldn't just end up being the Klingon war though because it's well I think you got to go more than just that but yeah. I think that could be the focus. Ah, uh, that's yeah. okay. The rock guys will come in and make everything too hot. Or no, the uh, oh, the Organians. Yeah. yeah. Oh right. I wonder. The Organians that would, that would would be come bad in. actually. You know, if you're gonna remake anything, Organians would be something I would be okay with being brought back because once again they're in the in that universe. Um, I would not be against like I, I like if they did something like bring the cues in or something like that. Oh god! No. I, I don't think they can for the next one, though. I think they have to go a little bit more original now. Yeah, they... anything but the Borg. Yeah, I well, you know it's coming. Should though. pretty much be out of JJ's hands <laughs> for the third one. Now you see, but I don't know if you could. It, once they exhaust New Trek, you know, to the point of where it gets to New Trek Seven, and it's directed by you know Joel Schumacher <laughs> yeah. or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, you know, and crazy. then it's just like, oh, we won't be seeing a Star Trek movie for a while till they reboot the next generation. Mm. You know, and that that will be when you know the the next generation fans are like middle age and their kids have seen it. And, and, and. Joel Schumacher. So we'll have Arnold Schwarzenegger as leader of the Borg, right? Uh, that would work. No, no, they'll Just be giant, just oh. <laughs> giant nipple creatures. <laughs> <laughs> now but, you know the, the one, another thing about who will play Picard and Data and all that. Uh, another thing about this one that that jumped out at me is the sequence with uh, Kirk and uh, Khan space diving to the uh, oh, to, yeah. the, to, to the other ship uh, which you know was okay but I liked it so much better when they did it in the last movie 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because well, the other thought, one was it was down instead of over. <laughs> I thought this was all just a big setup for the video game. Now I I will admit I went and rented the Star Trek uh video game for the Xbox and I played a little bit through it and I can only assume that there's some sort of mission where you have to do something just like that in the Star Trek. Oh sure. Oh yeah. Because that's what it felt like. It felt like okay you've got the digital screen on there you're flying through there you'll you'll push the left trigger to to dodge left right trigger to dodge right that's what it felt like to me so yeah that that was a neat sequence and it also sort of you know played off the fact that maybe Khan isn't going to be, you know, the uh, the villain of this, but maybe he'll actually help Kirk, you know, in this whole war to help to save I his people. I was hoping that there would be yeah. a grudging, but no. grudging friendship between Kirk. That would yeah, have been a hell of a lot more interesting. That's, yeah, they that's should what have, I was hoping Yeah, too. that was some wasted yeah. potential, for sure. And and the thing, yeah, they, they sh- the, and the, the, that brings us back to Leonard Nimoy literally phoning in his... <laughs> oh, I gotta talk about, I gotta jump on that bomb right now. When, when you go through all the trouble of <laughs> setting up your new universe, to have them phone Spock... Which I understand if it was a real situation, yes, they probably would be calling him going all the time going, we need some advice. But the mere fact that they do that in this movie just tells the audience that these characters can't stand for themselves. That's in this the impression universe. I got, See, though. It's like, that, really? That's I, I, that's the best that's that was the thing. That, that's the I thing that pissed me the, off uh, most. I thought it was the Star Trek equivalent of a Stan Lee cameo. Uh, you yeah. the Stanley Kings don't mean anything, though. And neither did this. It's just there. It's like Alfred Hitchcock in his movies. It's yeah. just like, here's Stanley. If you know who Stanley is, then you care and you go, yay, yeah. Stanley. Well, well, but it's not like, you know, it would be. Here it's more like Stanley going to the Fantastic Four going, hey, you need to go get the ultimate nullifier to <laughs> right, right. this yeah. <laughs> That's basically and, when and, Future uh, Spock dies, you know, the Federation is doomed because we won't have him to ask yeah. about all these impending problems anymore. Well, you know, but what did Future Spock actually do to bring the story forward? Nothing. It actually nothing. changed nothing at all because they, did, no. they didn't utilize he, the information. It made it worse. I mean, he, he, Spock had to make the, you know, his little statement about, uh, you know, him being genocidal and all that. And I, th- well, I think he was, the whole purpose of the timing of it was to give you the contrast like you were saying earlier, that it looked like maybe uh, Khan was going to be somewhat benevolent. Right. And then they were inter-cutting inter- yeah. in uh, future Spock saying, you know, he's the most ruthless guy, don't trust him. So, you know, you, you kind of had it just a contrast. You know, don't get your hopes up that this is going to be a good guy right. because future Spock just told you he's not. Yeah. But that's that's the only purpose of it. And beyond that, you know, to me, otherwise it was a uh, glorified Stanley moment. Yeah, I just I hated it. I, well, I it was it, it was characters to me. It, it was reminded, unnecessary. It reminded me of the Star Wars yeah. Christmas special when they call up Luke Skywalker and he's like, "R two, hand me that wrench." Oh hi, <laughs> I was just fixing my X wing. You know, you know, basically yeah. Spock was just sitting like surfing the web for Vulcan porn or something and like <laughs> pon- boop, you know like Pon Far is coming up yep, oh god you know they're gonna do that at some point too they're gonna have to have Kirk and Spock fight again 
Why? He's having sex with the whore constantly. He doesn't oh, have to you know, I didn't even I didn't even think about that. Now that's another thing I can't take. What if the next one's movies. a romantic comedy where Spock goes on his ponfar and has to go oh, and marry God. his bride? Oh, that's right. Yeah. He can't do that. No, we don't have to worry about that anymore. He, he can stay uh, with her. Awkward. Stan <laughs> is gone. Now, I would say for the movie, uh, of, of all the actors, I mean, Anton Yelchin and uh, John Cho as uh, Chekhov and Sulu were underused, but I think uh, what's-her-name as Uhura was way overused. Yeah. I don't yeah. think she yeah. should have been the third person. You know, nope. I, I understand they're wanting to try and give Spock a romantic angle within the new Trek series, but I just haven't been enamored with that. I and like her. I would rather, I like her, but I would rather have more, more Carl Urban or Doctor. Yeah, Mulder. well, yeah. I, I'd like Carl Urban. Carl Urban just fucking sinks his teeth into Doctor McCoy. You know, yep. puts his Doctor McCoy skin on. And it's not just somebody doing an impression. It's inhuman how he just he, becomes DeForest Kelly. He was the best thing about Trek 09. And yeah. I will fight people who disagree with me on that. I will. He was the best thing. He was the best actor in that movie. Uh, go see Judge Dredd. And I see, Car- yeah, it's, I a see. Running, it's a running thing with Carl Urban. He's a damn good actor. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's gonna have a TV show this year, and he has yeah. tasted characters too. Yeah, doesn't he play a cop with an android buddy? I think so. Like the android. Android. It's, it's, it's an awful produced show. I want to see it now. <laughs> oh, if I'm that happened sure in the seventies or eighties, it would be horrifying. But they know better now. They know it oh, sounds. Holmes and Yo-Yo in the seventies. What uh, was what? That's that's too old of a reference for you guys. It's once again showing my age here. It was a no, no, no. I didn't hear you. Seventies called Holmes and Yo-Yo, with John. (laughs) Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, yes, I remember. And it was uh, the android partner, and it was an incredibly bad sitcom. Oh yes. Uh, John Shuck, a uh, he was he he's been a Star Star Trek alumni. Played a uh, played a Klingon in uh, the count. Yeah, the representative, the, the guy that wanted Kirk's head all the time. Yes. Yes, in in uh, the voyage home, there'll be no peace. You know, you know, what Easter right or you know what Trek callback would be cool would be have like, um, what's his name, Noonien Singh, you know, like or was that Data's creator? No, well, that's yeah, Khan's the, last name. The, was, well, well no. Noonien Singh. You mean the no, guy? Who was, the guy who created yeah. Data. Right. Yeah, I always thought that was a strange coincidence. Those names were so similar. Similar. Yeah, yeah I think it was Noonien Like something like that would have been good because it would sort of hint at the next generation, and you could have him as a character, and it would make sense. I. This yeah. worries me about the next one. I don't even know if I can go into the next one. You know. I still want. I want to see and more just Carl enjoy Urban it as McCoy. A movie. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but, there's certain reasons I'll go and enjoy it, and you know, but now it's just so, going to be like a constant. My brain's on checklist mode. Like I said before, just you know, it's like, oh yeah, there's that Easter egg, okay. there's that call out. I, so, well, that's why I brought the point. I, I, I think, I think they'll probably be done with it for the most part. I think there'll be a few references in the next one. I would hope, right, yeah. but I hope but they I don't do know. that by firing know. all the writers. Because did Linda Hoff had something to do with this? Yeah, and he's yeah, a good writer, but he peters out 
about three quarters of the way through almost everything. Yeah, you saw the same sort of thing. I hate to say in Prometheus, which was an interesting. I liked movie Prometheus, but end, yeah, the, it just kind of weakest. The third yeah. act is the weakest part of that, mm-hmm. and you could tell. And everybody knows about Lost. I haven't seen it, but I've certainly yeah. heard. Don't, <laughs> don't, yeah. Hey now, hey now, Self hey now. trauma. Even even if it isn't like the plan. I about to say I like Lost a lot. Yeah. I was a big Lost fan of everything up until the last episode. Everybody I what? knew was going nuts about it and nuts about it, and and, and then it started. They started going. Ah, uh, I don't know. It's just not. Uh, but I'm, you know, we're coming up towards an end, so it's probably going to switch into something that's really cool. <laughs> and then they were just like throwing their lost DVDs away <laughs> the next day. So I've always been like, should I start? Because I saw parts of early episodes, and I was sucked right in, and was like, this is really imaginative. And uh, but that I just, I don't know if I want to. And for a TV series to go for that long of a ride and then be like, oh, okay. Well, oh, Lost that's... is the prime example of it's not the destination, it's the journey. Uh, yeah, yeah. See, I call bullshit on yeah. that when it's narrative fiction. It's all about <laughs> yeah, the destination. Yeah, no, I agree. Yeah. But, but, the, but the destination sucked. So it is all about the journey in that particular yeah, that's, show. Well, basically, the journey's all you got. That's yeah, all that all gonna... I watched the first <laughs> yeah, two seasons yeah, yeah. religiously. And it was the first two seasons is amazing television, and then the third season started, and they said we're gonna start wrapping up up some questions, and then they had that little six episode arc, and then they went on hiatus, and I said I'm done. A lot they're of not they're not doing anything. Yeah, but you know, but get somebody get hire Harlan Ellison for Christ's sakes. You know, he's still <laughs> working. He's still full of piss and vinegar. Yeah. That's the problem. That's why he won't get anyway, Well, so. yeah, the thing about Harlan Ellison is unless you <laughs> do his script word for word, he'd probably just go... Sue you. Into, yeah, sue you and, and yell, <laughs> yell about it, slander you and stuff. But that would be awesome to watch, so I'm all for it. But, you know, get, get a really good accomplished... <laughs> you know science fiction author and have them have them come up with something and then maybe let jj abrams jazz it up or whatever or simplify it a little bit because i'm a fan i of uh, something pen gillette said once about that he he and teller didn't like movies that tried to be too deep a movie should be entertaining and have enough for you to chew on through that movie but in two hours you can't really go deep into something like in a book so you know you're limited so stay within those work within the limitations and that's what the you know the best movies end up being and uh but you know we've slowly over the last 30 not slowly but gradually over the last 30 years devolved you know from having as anything to chew on to being like how many jolts of adrenaline can you can you administer and audiences certainly react to that and they react well with you know by throwing money at it but they also react to incredibly written movies and i don't know if it's just too hard to write an incredible movie these days or it's too expensive but i don't think it is because tv's doing it 
all yeah. the time. TV's knocking it out of the yeah. park with. Yeah, it's a golden age of television. Yes, right it is. This is like probably the best age of television there's ever been for dramatic television. The mm-hmm. sitcom is almost a dying thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> it probably should have been. I'm about to say that's okay. <laughs> I should have been drowned in a bag at birth, you know. But. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm I told a fan you I'm many a little sitcoms, punchy. So I, disagree <laughs> I gotta disagree with you on that. There were a lot of good sitcoms back in the day. Oh yeah, I mean, I oh, would yeah. never give up my Sanford and Son for anything, or my New Heart, or my WKRP in Cincinnati. Uh-huh. But it, I agree, it is a golden age for dramatic television. I yes, mean, like, the quality of, sh- of of programming that's coming out is unparalleled, and I and think comedy too. Oh, I think a lot of it comes from the ad- adopting of the shorter seasons by cable and and the premium channels and having seasons that are 12 and 13 episodes long right. instead of having to do a 26 episode season. Mm-hmm. And they pack a, and they pack a lot of good writing into those those well and that's the thing when you're not having to write for a whole hours 24, 26 episodes. No, having to wait till August for the rest of Breaking Bad is completely unacceptable. Well, yeah. the, the whole Breaking Bad thing is stupid because they said that it was the first half, half of season five. Yeah. And then the second half is a year later? Yeah. No, that's another too season. Too long. It's, yeah. It's not the second <laughs> half. Yes, you're right. It is. A, and, and, and that, and that hiatus of seasons was a season ender. That's not a cliffhanger for midway right. through a season. That's you're going to be waiting for a while on that. Yeah. That's an Empire Strikes Back right there. <laughs> yeah. Empire well, Strikes Back on the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I do know someone that this movie had a profound effect on. Now four of you here have met my son Ben. Yes. And and Ben loved this movie. Oh, In cool. fact, he said to me, "Hey dad, can I be genetically engineered too, like Khan? <laughs> yes, you can, son. You, you already <laughs> did. Now, I'm like, only that's in Nazi my, Germany. I'm like, that's my son. That's my boy. Now, now I've got to ask, Will, have you shown have you shown Ben uh, the the original Star Trek two? Have you shown not, him the original Wrath of Khan? Not yet, because I told him I'm like, well, yeah, this is from another movie. Really, I'm like, so we're uh, probably in the next few weeks. We're we're gonna sit down and watch it. Nice. Definitely have him watch it and uh, let us know, uh, you know, how that goes. Because I- I've got a friend up at work who uh, she's n- she can't dis- delineate Star Wars from Star Trek at all. She calls him <laughs> Doctor Spock. Yes. So oh, she, she's mm. she's not a Star Trek fan at all. She went and saw the movie simply because of Benedict Cumberbatch, and oh, she God. walked away from the movie really enjoying it. And uh, she said she went and saw the 09 Star Trek as well and enjoyed that as well. So I've recommended her to go uh, check out because she's got Netflix and Star Trek 2 is on Netflix streaming right now to go watch Star Trek 2 and see what she thinks about that. Because as as good as this movie is, it doesn't hold a candle to the original Wrath of Khan. And I'd like to see you know, yeah. what she what she feels about that because the the like i said the acting in that is far superior shatner and Boltabon are amazing the story is great it has depth to it it has action it it's it is nearly a perfect film so uh i'd like to see what people who aren't uh either aren't knowledgeable about old trek or aren't fans of old trek would feel after watching into darkness Mm -hmm. 
going back and watching Star Trek the two the Wrath of Khan. Well that sort of actually opens up something that I forgot to do but at the end of of the interviews, but uh <laughs> my, <laughs> my microphone is slowly drooping. <laughs> slowly drooping off the table. Anyway, Levitra, <laughs> anyway, as I readjust it. Um, before the show, I invited. I saw Hope Mullinex was online on Skype, and uh, invited her to the show. And she has not seen the movie yet, but she has a special, special message. Oh, I'm sure. Star, uh, Star Trek Into Darkness. Benedict Cumberbatch is sexy in this film. I still want to sleep with him. Also, my mom loved this film, and there's an old-school Star Trek fan. And she's been a Trekkie her entire life. Oh, and Benedict is hot. So there there you get the our Soul de Manzica <laughs> female perspective awesome. on Star Trek. You ruined the sausage fest, Chris. I did not ask my girlfriend whether she thought Khan was hot or not. But... I will say my wife came along to see this movie with me, and she... She likes to rag me on doing these podcasts and doing these comic book <laughs> shows things and, and all this, but she went to see not only Into Darkness but Star Trek 09, and she came away from both of them really liking them. So, for, for a person a special who isn't... Night? Was it a special evening? Oh, stop. <laughs> <laughs> it was a special was evening of Star Trek. I, I didn't want to know whether she looked at the No, she, uh, she's, she, she yeah. probably would not watch any of the original Star Trek films without sort of, you know, rolling her eyes and kind of laughing at it. But uh, she enjoyed these films. And I think it's also not only the, the sexiness of Benedict Cumberbatch, but also she's a big fan of uh, Simon Pegg. Who uh, uh, we didn't really get to talk. We didn't really talk much about him in the movie. I I liked his role, his sort of uh, enhanced or his uh, embiggened role in the uh, film. They yeah. let him be a lot more mature. He wasn't just comic relief in yeah. this one. Which was, yeah, I, I thought they gave you the perfect amount of him. I thought yeah. you know he he always served a purpose, and he he whenever he was on the screen, he stole the show. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I I like the fact he was more. It, it was he had more of a friendship with. Uh, with uh, Pine or with Kirk, uh, it it got more to the sort of feel of the Scotty and Kirk relationship that was in the original yeah. show. And again, and it was yeah. stronger than the one between Kirk and Spock in this movie. I would have bought. I would have rather seen, you know, Scotty at the window with, you know, Kirk dying. But he was standing around. But that. yeah, <sighs> but it was the radiation. <laughs> right. Jesus. Yeah, but we didn't get to see that. You know, if you're gonna, you might as well throw in the kitchen sink too. I wanted to hear that, and he's all he's dead already, Jim. You know. Yes, but there was the flood the whole compartment. Yeah. Well, there was the other night Scott and I were talking about it, and he was saying, "Was it the was that you and I talking about that, or was that a group of us talking about?" It? I think it was you and I, probably, where he was where Spock and uh, Benedict Cumberbund are fighting on the garbage. Oh right, garbage cow, yeah. and he thought it might be a Star Trek three moment. Well, it's like I said when I knew they were just gonna completely, you know, give us fan service hand jobs for the rest of the movie after Future Spock. My my mind just started writing the rest of the movie along with it, and it's like yeah, when Spock and and Khan were fighting, I was sure we were gonna see, you know, I've had enough of you, and <laughs> and then they were gonna to pop open one of the other icicles and, I might have and been use their blood, that. and yeah, I would have been down for that too. <laughs> I mean, that would have been, and, and I, I'm so pissed we didn't see them dropping him off on City Alpha Five, you know, yeah. at the end, and mm-hmm. it's like, 
Give, See, give it would have made more sense for <laughs> yeah. It would have made more sense for when Khan, uh, excuse me, when Spock beamed down to San Francisco, which let's not even get into why, why they could beam down but not beam up and and all the, that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> the the other thing when they're moving too fast, really, you beam two guys that were in free fall out of the freaking atmosphere in the last movie. Yeah. But that's okay. I'll let it go. Uh-huh. I'll let uh-huh. it go. That's one of that's one of the things I'd like to address. Uh, that was kind of a controversial thing in the original or in the 09 film the the idea of scotty's trans warp beaming which allowed uh khan to beam from the little uh attack ship that he attacked the federation headquarters there's no reason he could have all the way to chronos yeah just fly Mm -hmm. in a ship you know that's what people do in the movies just have him fly in a ship that's all he got in a ship and he flew to Kronos. And hey, then you could even have this little chase between the Enterprise and yeah. Ten Ship and, you know, go through a nebula, maybe, where your shields... Ooh. Oh. There was, there was also but, some convenience <laughs> to the fact that, that Khan went in hiding exactly where where uh, Admiral Marcus would have wanted him to do it so that he could start the war. Sure. You know, and, and that this was all kind of prearranged and pre-set up with the... Uh, with the missiles, with the the bodies in them, and everything, like it's just a little too convenient. Now, what I'd like to see in Star Trek Three is that we learn that Spock is behind all these things going on because he knows the future, so he's manipulating. He's actually evil, Spock. Oh, no, no, no. universe, Spock. Yeah, the the last shot is oh, him with wow. the protee. No, if he no, wasn't, no, if he wasn't no, already eighty-three years old, I'd say maybe. They're going to take Admiral Marcus and they're going to fix him. And he's going to come back, dead or alive, Khan. You're coming with me. <laughs> that would be fucking cool. Now, now, uh, has anyone here watched uh, all of Enterprise? Because I could have sworn yes, that Peter uh, Weller yeah. played. Yeah, he a, was uh, with uh, the sort of Earth, the Earth Liberation Front or whatever. Was it Earth it was. Prime? Yeah, Earth, Earth Prime and yeah. Enterprise. And he played sort of not really the same character, but the same type of character who was like, you know, anti-aliens and, you know, I don't know if he wanted to go to war because I didn't see all of that final season, but... Earth is for Earthlings, you know, stuff like that. So I'm wondering if, you know, it was just a sort of rehash of that character, his his Admiral Marcus in the movie. Hmm. Anyone? It was a rehash of a lot of... It was a rehash of everything. It's a cookie cutter of Admiral gone bad. Ed what was Dunn. the admiral in uh, in in Star Trek Six? Cartwright, Admiral. Yeah, what's God, that? Yeah. Admiral Cartwright. Yeah, yeah, yeah Cartwright. Cartwright. <laughs> that's that's what it seemed most like to me. I'm glad we're saying shit in Star Trek now, but that line where he goes, "Well, shit, son," blah 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 blah. <laughs> I mean, it's just too much. Like every you know general that's gone bad, gritty general. Yes. You know, gritty. Now I gotta go and kill you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and put you down. But I mean that that wasn't bad. His the the at least we had decent villains that weren't just completely a mystery as to what the hell their motivation right. was and what their beef was. Why why Nero wasn't saving his race? Why he was just like going to go and have revenge, even though he could go back and see his people once again? Yeah was just it was ridiculous and and there was barely really any screen time with him to get to know him or whatever because he was nothing he was just the bad guy that was there that was the weakest point yeah of yeah. last movie who 
But it was who propelled you forward enough so you didn't really care. Who here read the pre uh the the prequel comic for this one? And not for this I, one. No. I read it. There really wasn't as much to do in this one. Like the prequel comic for the other one set up all the Nero backstory. Yeah. yeah. This this one really was just a a off to the side adventure, and that's how they got Mud Ship. I won't say who anything else about Mud in case somebody wants to read it that hasn't read it. Yeah. No, but I I like that little hat tip that they did, that little Easter egg uh, before they got to the ship uh, to go to the Klingon planet. That mm-hmm. they said, you know, we got this at the mud incident. I was, uh, you know, that was one of those things. Yeah, I didn't realize there, there was a I, comic about it that mud yeah, was. That I, yeah. yeah. See, the the story in the comic was actually really interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, because it was section. Well, it was well, it was a dissection of the Prime Directive, you know, which kind of featured in this movie, but not as much as I as I thought it was going to be. They kind of glossed over it, but it was all about the Prime Directive, and it was Captain Robert April. On a planet that he uh-huh. uh, was trying to help liberate one group yeah, from one another group. Wankery. Yeah, and it, well, it was fan wankery, but it was interesting. Hmm. I mean, that story probably could have made a movie in and of itself hmm. if they expanded on it, and the characters actually got a little bit more to do, especially like Sulu. So I like I know, I like I know you can't do it. Stint in the captain's seat was very all the character moments and. Were mm-hmm. just great where he got where he got in the captain's seat and everybody's like oh oh yeah this guy's in charge I don't know he doesn't seem to be very uh, <laughs> have much of a spine on him and then he just yeah, he loves badass. being yeah he loves I will being I will waste you yes and, <laughs> yeah. oh my I know they could never do it but I would really love to see this cast actually do a five-year mission on a tv show yes yeah, too. that's exactly. kind of that's probably kind of the problem i mean i think star trek at its core probably works better as as an yeah. you know an anthology not an anthology as episodic television yeah well even that's the old what, movies they, they really worked because you know they were drawing off of what had been built up on exactly. the show well the thing about this is these actors are really good being yeah. their characters so if you put them on a tv show and that's the thing is these actors you can't afford to put them on a weekly tv right. show yeah. like that but if you put them in a tv show where they were in production and they were and they were those characters and you know that really commits you to being those characters for life these characters don't have to yeah. worry about not being you know you know or being able to play another part they'll still be able to play other parts but if they're, you're on a TV show, you're spoiled. You know, well, 10 years from now, part. do you see this cast still together making Star Trek movies? I would like or has it been rebooted by then? No, I hope they don't reboot it because... Yeah, I hope not either. I, I, as they, I think they're, you know, actually when, when Kirk dies in this movie, he looks like a young William Shatner. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because his face is all red from the radiation. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know... Remember, oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I, I'm glad that didn't happen. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> but um, yeah. yeah well, I all this cast like is good. This but... is a TV series with Christopher Pike. I've said this many times, but I'll say it again. As Christopher Pike is captain, and then you see him seasoning the crew. Yeah. You know, and then he ends up in his. He doesn't have to end up in a wheelchair. He can end up dead or whatever. But Kirk ends up with a ship, and you see them. You know. 
with their you know ironing out their foibles and working their way mm -hmm. up that so was, that was one of the reasons i liked the first act of this movie yeah. so much because they were basically leading towards that and then yeah. Khan got in the way <laughs> yeah they were setting that up exactly and i love the scene where um they were con blocked down yeah con blocked yeah <laughs> i i so much when when uh pike was dying i wanted him to look up at kirk and go <laughs> oh, man. That's some fan wankery for you. Yeah, you know, I think I would have. I would have quit right away on the movie if that had happened. I think <laughs> people just walk out. I can't believe they did that. But yeah, I can't remember where I was going next. With that. I almost had a diehard moment when Kirk takes out the out the attack shuttle when, when he throws the hose out there. I'm like, wait a minute, is he going to jump out there like John McClane and like yeah. jump on the thing? Yeah. Like, what is yeah. that? <laughs> I didn't even No, uh, he still had his boots on. <laughs> yeah, all the broken glass. Uh -huh. Ow, 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 ow. See, I would, I would have liked this movie to have been maybe, you know, well, it, it, it did sort of have the, the attempt at having sort of social relevance or some sort of subtext to it with terrorism yeah. and drones. Uh, a lot of people, yeah, drones especially was the most like, was the whole um, episode shooting three. torpedoes from the edge of the system, yeah. you know. Yeah, 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 and and everybody having a moral and Kirk wanting revenge, so he'll he'll go for it at first. But all that is is not really like it is relevant to our times, and it's taken out of the headlines and stuff. But it's it's only going to be in the sort of textbook way when they're like, you know, talking about the movies that were, you know, like uh, invasion of the body snatchers with the cold war. They'll be talking about the age of terror movies right, where yeah. you have iron man, iron man three, the last Batman movie, mm -hmm. this, this movie, there's a lot of them, you know? Well, I think, I think that makes, makes a difference again between this and the original wrath of Khan is that this one, uh, the references in it are, are timely. They're they're set about the time that the film was made, which is okay. And, that's even better because I'm. That's what well, the TV show and, did. Well, but it, uh, theoretically even better. But, but Star does Trek that hold up over time? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Star Trek II's references are timeless. They're about aging mm -hmm. and they're about friendship. Relationships, and they're about relationships. people. And so though you can you can watch that movie, you know, as a set piece from the 80s, or you can watch that currently and still get something from it yeah this film i think question. you're going to get specifically the ideas that it was uh, uh in relationship to the whole idea of terrorism and what mm -hmm. was going on you know in the uh, 2000s and beyond in the united states so kind of like there's, uh, even, there's even references at the end that you know jj uh, abrams says this film is dedicated to all the yeah. people who died in 9-11 and people who fought because of that so you know and that's a noble thing but it does set the film in a certain era and does give it that sort of timely feel, and, rather than Trek Trek Two, which was universal. And it underlines the whole sort of of one of my big things is why does he have to be so overt with his you know his you know fan tributes and stuff like that? It, it, why do you have to come in at the end of this and go nine and mention nine one one veterans and stuff? Why not leave it and let people suss it out yeah i was thinking maybe it might be a little damage controlly because yeah. th there's a sort of, i 
I didn't really get it as much. That might have just got tacked on after Boston, for all we know. Uh, Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, 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 that's a good point. True, but uh, I didn't get the. A lot of people in other reviews I've read have put a whole like, um, oh, it's got the whole. Basically, to say you know, nine one one was a inside job type message. And I didn't get that as much, no. although there was a conspiracy, you know, there was, you know, this general who was, but that's so standard in these kinds, he's, he, you know, he's Kurtz or whatever, yeah. you know, he's a renegade Starfleet guy who's gone a little unhinged and is telling Mandrake about the fluoride in the water, stealing <laughs> your vital essence. The, the chemtrails. Yes, yes. But, um, it, it wasn't, it didn't have... It it didn't make me go hmm and think about that. It made me go oh this is like a yeah, reference to terrorism, <laughs> you know. It didn't shade in anything or or give some sort of um, even discussion on the on it like the original Star Trek would be, where you know it didn't have to be Kirk giving a soliloquy at the end, but it it could at least you know, actually have something to say about the topic of terrorism instead of using it just as a, as a s- simple story element, really, in it. I would have liked to see the story have been Khan escapes from, you know, the the black ops of, of the Federation with a grudge, but ends up meeting up with Kirk, you know, before and, and being like, ah, this guy is, a, you know got a spaceship or whatever and you know that could be one of my steps into you know whatever my revenge or whatever and then and then something happens with the Klingons and then you have to have and then Kirk and um, Khan survive because they work together and then at some point Khan lets loose that you know lets it be known that he's going to blow up the Enterprise or blow up Starfleet Command or whatever, and then Kirk has to hunt him, you know, Kirk or Spock or whatever. The good guys have to hunt him down and get him. And then SETI Alpha, what is it, 6? 5? This is SETI Alpha 5. Alpha five. <laughs> no, wait, this is SETI Alpha 6. SETI Alpha 5 exploded. Yeah, well, neither right. neither of them are, yeah, neither of them are very nice places. <laughs> I thought City Alpha Six bucks. exploded. But yeah, I know. I don't know. It's exactly. Yeah, that's true. Okay, I am. Somebody wrong. will tell us in the. Oh, somebody God. will send us an email. City Alpha Six exploded. Sorry. <laughs> so uh, that would have been, and that would have been perfect, progress. and it would have given Khan the real Khan motivation. <laughs> but then you'd be committed. You wouldn't be committed yeah, to, to, but you would. Yeah, you would sort of be committed to. Um, uh, but I don't know. The thing about Benedict Cumberbund is the appeal of having him in another Star Trek movie would be really high. Yeah. And remember, J.J. Abrams isn't going to have his hands on Star Trek, most likely. I doubt he's going to want to do Star Trek in Star Wars, especially since he really doesn't have much... Yeah. He'll still that's be a producer on the, whatever they do. Though, yeah, yeah, sure. yeah but that's just, pay, just a paycheck, really. And can I say one more thing about Benedict Com Dumpster? Um, <laughs> I I know. Okay, Khan's supposed to be a Sikh, right? And I and I know Marlboro right. is Hispanic, right? But 
dude is so white. He could have converted. He's extra white. Well, yeah. I, I read one review that I that I thought was a good idea that they said there probably should have been some kind of throwaway line about him getting his face altered or something would have kind of solved that whole problem. So people, I would have bought that. That's so fine. people wouldn't recognize him as this yes. historical bad guy that yes. everyone should probably know about. Yes, it would be like Abe Lincoln would have to shave his beard and mustache <laughs> off. Has anybody read the book for this? Because maybe I'll no. go to the library this, this week and see if there's any of that in there that kind of explains that and then get back to or you Or it could be just really racist and when they genetically enhance you, you automatically become, become white. Yeah, super, super <laughs> wow. Yeah, except he'd probably, well, if it was Aryan, yeah, he'd probably be blind. Yeah. It would be like, yeah. So is Kirk now superhuman or did they, oh, I mean... Because he got a blood transfusion. No, because they give one throwaway line where he's just like, you don't feel like taking it, you know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know. Feeling aggressive or want to dump or despotic, do you? Yeah. Oh, we we got to see another Doctor Who alumni in this. uh, uh, We had Noel Clark, who played Mickey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Was the Starfleet officer in the beginning that uh, does the act of terrorism after Khan's blood Uh, saves his daughter? Oh. Okay. Yeah. He drops the the, uh, the Alka Seltzer ring tablet into the little <laughs> flop fizz fizz bag. <laughs> and also, I didn't know. I caught this in the credits, but I never saw her specifically in the movie. Did anyone notice who Heather Langenkamp from Nightmare on Elm Street played? Because I saw no. her name in the credits. What? And, you know, she's huh? she's credited in the film, but I don't know. I I, I may have to go back and watch for her to see. Yeah. Where she was. I thought that was a neat little cameo. She was I don't know. Maybe she was Doc. a Klingon. She and her husband <laughs> run a special effects house now, if I'm not oh, mistaken. Really? So yeah. Was she the doctor in that? Uh, who was the. Oh, no, that was Dr. Marcus that was t- talking about Christine Chapel to. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and how her. about. Yeah, how about that no, reference? No chapel in this universe. Yeah, yeah. There's a chapel in this universe, and guess and guess what? It's Roddenberry's. What? Guess what? Kirk fucked Roddenberry's wife. Yeah, <laughs> how's that? How's that? He's rolling over it's, his grave. Oh, yeah. you bastard! <laughs> so, how many Easter eggs did we have? Because you know, oh, so God. I don't that know. One, we had the tribbles on my head. Tribbles <laughs> gone. Oh yeah. Uh, we yeah, have section, section, section 31. Section 31 from Deep Space Nine, yeah. Yeah. The whole uh, covert black ops. It, it looks like the, um, the god it like they were building the, with yeah, in, it, look, it looked like they were building the new ship in um in the the same place that like in almost like picture the, the big Europa, uh, yeah, Europa Plantation or is that the Yeah. Yeah. It was like inside of that enclosure they had the, the big space dock. Yeah. Like, same one. Oh, I didn't notice that. I mean, you've got, and then you've got yeah. all the stuff within the death scene and the all, you know, all the matching shot line sequence of of who, Khan. Who designed that engine room? All right, I mean, the warp core. All right, you got to climb all these tubes. You couldn't put in a set of stairs? You know, <laughs> come on. I don't know. I like the I like the engine room here better than the last one, which looked oh, like the brewery. Yeah, yeah. Brewery from well, the, the you know, brewery's past. still in there. Well, I mean, yeah, they had one quick shot of the brewery. Well, they were hanging off the catwalk. That kind of okay. seemed like uh, in that area uh, of the ship. The thing, yeah. but no, I watched a little special in the History Channel that I guess that uh, I forget what it, it's some like NASA or some other installation like that where they actually filmed on location for what was the quote-unquote warp core. 
Hmm. You know, it's like an actual installation it's actual somewhere. somewhere. Yeah, yeah, it's something like that. Something they're working on. Yeah, it's called and a cheap can, set, and you can just kick it back in yeah. place. But the no, the, yeah, I don't know about the interior. I meant like the where they're, you know, <laughs> yeah. on the yeah. No, that's where that's where you should have said I have had enough <laughs> of you straightened out the warport. Oh, you're right. You know, you're right. <laughs> you know what this needed? This needed um, Kirk getting uh, not Kirk, but Khan getting a drop kick and a double axe handle to the, the oh, face. Yes. No, well, I did actually <laughs> talk about uh, an Easter egg. I did love that Kirk saved the day with the swinging kick over and over and over again <laughs> you know, you... yeah that was i chuckled uh... was it just me when when spock and khan were having their fight and spock tried to neck pinch khan oh that was awesome it wasn't like, working ah, yeah but then did off. he try did, did he mind meld with him so he'd be feeling it at the same time well, that, that was when he was crushing his head. Yeah, he was crushing his head. Yeah, crushing. Like that's crushing, pretty neat. Yeah. But no, no. Head? But he mind melded with him so that he would feel that as well and let go. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yes. That's that's, that's clever. That's pretty cool. That's yeah, I didn't catch that. That's neat. I I was kind of unnerved the fact that Spock mind melded with uh, Pike. Bit as creepy. He was dying. Yeah, that was. That was yeah, a bit. especially and then admitting later he's like, I wanted to see what death felt like. Yeah. Well, it probably happens to humans too. That yeah, I right thought he was, was like that... trying to like ease his pain or something. I didn't. I that's didn't what expect I thought, that. Kind yeah. Well, maybe well, that's that was... how they're gonna bring bring him back. Well, that's what I thought he might be trying to bring him back somehow. Uh, you know, and I, I download would think, his uh... upload his memory and. That well, might have been a, a... well, that was like the movie. What, what was it? Brain uh, brainstorm. Yeah. Right, right. With with uh... your man Christopher Walken. Yeah, yeah. Hello, it's me. <laughs> But I, I would think if, if you had your, you know, your preferred method of killing people, you would think it would be like to snap somebody's neck, not to crush their skull. You know, it seems know. like crushing the skull is an awful lot of work. Did he crush his skull or did he just pluck it off? I was, I thought that's, he was. That's what he off. did. I think that's oh, what he, he did to, to Robocop. Yeah, yeah, he crushed Marcus's skull and he tried yeah. to crush Spock's. Yeah. And he and he uh, broke broke what's your name's leg with a sidekick. Crap, oh, that was nasty. But you can't Ooh. get it through that thick. Vulcan skull. <laughs> Vulcans have two skulls, Captain. We have an inner <laughs> skull that slides down. <laughs> I, I was glad that it was Spock who was able to to beat the living crap out of Khan after Kirk, you know, wailed on him during the first fight and just yeah. you know beat himself up. Because yes, people tend to forget, you know, well, except all of us nerds, tend to forget that Spock comes from a planet that has twice Earth gravity and is uh, like its normal temperature is well over 100 degrees. So yeah, he's used to harsh he's got environments. And he's, yeah, he's, Spock he has is, the strength of 12 Grinches plus two. Yes. <laughs> Don't they have like 14 lungs and five hearts too? Yeah. I think that's the Klingons that have the That's the Time Lords. <laughs> oh okay. Sorry. Don't don't Klingons have like redundant organs? Yeah. Yeah, they have that too. They yeah. mentioned something that in next gen when Someone was operating on Worf. Mm-hmm. I, have, I can't remember whether it was Crusher or, or uh, the other doctor. I think it was Blasky. Crusher. Not likes. Yeah, I have Blasky. redundant fat. <laughs> I think some yeah. of us, some of us as well as you, have redundant don't fat. <laughs> oh please, Dave! I don't want to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah, what do you and Honeywell weigh together? About a buck thirty-five, soaking wet. Oh, yeah, I'm, something like that. I'm well above that. Yeah. 
Yeah, because all the bacon you've been having. Oh, <laughs> bacon, 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 bacon. What was it? Bacandy. Bacandy. <laughs> so how many of you um, saw it more than once again? None of them. No. Oh, no. You're the only one. No, I'm still all torn on whether I liked it better the second time or not. It's just... I, I guess if any of my like friends want to wanna go, I'll go, but... As someone said earlier, I mean, I guess I was I did the Easter egg hunt in the first one, so I think I enjoyed it a little more the second time. I was able to just uh-huh. kind of let go and let it happen, but yeah. it was still cringeworthy. You can brace yourself for the cringes the yeah. second time, yeah, that's maybe. It. Yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, all that being said, it's more fun to the gripes about it, although I think we covered a lot of the positive aspects of it. I think overall we were pretty positive with it. I yeah, mean, I mean, I it's not give it a yeah, I, Why don't we? Uh, why don't we give it a rating? A okay, scale of one to ten. Ten being the best movie ever, and one you demanding your money back. Oh dang. Oh okay. Hmm. I'm glad I'd be. I'm going last. <laughs> All right, I'll give it uh, seven frozen consicles. Uh, Hang you, on. I, I Hang wish on. I had gone first because I was going to go seven as well. Hang on, guys. Let me get let a me, document. But... Let me get... No, I get a pen. I'll average. We'll get an okay, average yeah. at the end of this. <laughs> okay, so we got two sevens so far? Did you get seven? I'm a seven. You're a seven. I'm a seven as well. Okay, we got two sevens. Jonathan Kreitz, what... I'll say... I'll, I'll throw a six out there. Six. Can't quite go to seven. All right. Um, Christopher Tyler... Uh, on a scale of zero to fuck you, I give it probably a six and a half. <laughs> oh, you're throwing a decimal in there, you... Okay. 6.583. All right, never mind. I can do that. We can do that. Sean Engel. I'd actually have to give it an eight. I really enjoyed the film. If you take out... If they would have taken out the con bits and just left it with being a terrorist plot, I think it would have been a heck of a lot better. But all overall, eight. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. All right, Dave. Yeah, I'm an eight as well. That's Uh-oh. what your wife said too. <laughs> yeah. oh, Jesus, come on, man. <laughs> well, you, you know, we, we yeah. always ask people's wives what they rate their husbands on a scale from one to ten. Because I'm <laughs> averaging that out too. As that was the best part of my Phoenix Comic Con was when the wife called me up and asked, requested that I purchase a. Wonder Woman bikini for her. Oh my god. I, I hate you oh, so much. <laughs> Scott I hate listen I... to this right now just like <laughs> like he's like dragging his wife into the room going, I want you to listen to this. You want to know what a good nerd wife does. Well, I, see I what the other guys do? She looking and she, start, she came after me and she's like, if I see that shit on Tutu Freak's Facebook I'm <laughs> 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 I don't know what happened. Somebody hacked my Twitter. <laughs> I saw. I'm, I'm going to throw you another yeah. decimal for. Uh, okay. Oh, so. thank you. Yeah, we got to do a 6.5. 6.5. Thank oh. you. Oh, my God. Makes my job a lot easier. <laughs> Math is hard. I. You see, I keep throwing out the term that I liked 80% of this movie and 20% of it really bothered me, but that doesn't get. Uh, I don't think that really gives it an 8 out of 10. No. no. But I I want to say 7, but I'm docking it big the I'm JJ Abrams could have gotten a, a a 7 if if it wasn't for the goddamn writers. So, <laughs> it's a 6. Yeah. 
for me. And you you guys just talk amongst yourselves while I do a little math here, especially in my punchy state. So so if there's anybody out there listening with a calculator and this doesn't add up, they've already no, done by, I know by now. I've already well, run it through the Star Trek computer. And gun, yep. yeah. Yeah. There's not enough room in my house for the Star Trek computer. Actually, it'll just get locked up like in the the reject one. Reject, 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 reject. Oh, die, die, die. All right, how many of us are there? There's eight of us. Eight is enough. 55 divided by eight. Eight gives him the 55. A little more than four. Uh, it's five. It's six. It's yeah, like eight, seven. Almost seven. Six more than four. Hold on. Wait. Eight times six. I'm that not... doesn't sound right. Take back one Kadan. It's 56, so it's six. It's a six. To honor the Hebrew God. 6.875. All right, folks. Start What's a cubit? What's a cubit? Zuba. 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 So no, I actually thought it would be. I actually thought it would. Even with this crew, I thought it would be higher. We'd get a higher rating, but well, that's I, that. I feel comfortable it. with that. Yeah, I mean, and you got you got to leave room for, you know, like if you were going to give this say higher than an eight, then where is Wrath of Khan? Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and they're not 11. right next to each other. No. So yeah. there has to be some room in between. It's just, there you go. It's, it's completely subjective. It's just how you decide to judge the movie, you know, on its own merits, or did it successfully, you know, fulfill all of our little Easter egg needs, or... I have another question. I have another question. The cast is great, and, you know, the, yeah. the new design is great. It's like, the only thing that's really lacking is this, they just don't know what they want to do with the story. They don't know if they want to be a tribute band or create original material. I'm almost down to seeing any of the Star Trek movies just for the cast. You yeah. know, because yeah. they really they really are earnestly do it, just doing a great job. So, you know... I'd propose I, I, that Chekhov is maybe a little hammy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's the weak link for sure, and he's a good actor too. Yeah, he usually, I don't think it's yeah. not his fault. It's the way it's written. No, yeah, they haven't given him anything to do. No, except just when he's holding, they put a red shirt on him. Like, Ooh, <laughs> maybe they're gonna kill. Yeah. him. That was so bad. That like broke the fourth wall. That actually took it took me out of the story. Like, yeah, that probably as bad. much as Future Spock did. And not put on a red shirt, Mister. Oh, maybe he'll be dead. Yeah. yeah. Ooh. Because he even got a nervous look. Oh, yeah, he, that's, that's yeah. the thing. He mugged on it. Yeah. Oh, shit. I'm baby down to the planet with Mr. Spock, Dr. McCoy, Scotty, and, and Ensign Bob. Exactly. Oh, fuck. Ensign Ricky. <laughs> hey, how many of you saw it in, in. Did any of you guys see it in 3D or. or I did. I did see it in 3D. I did yeah, too. Same here. No. I, I told them. I, I told them we before we got started. I thought the 3D was really good, actually. That's right. We did not see that in 3D. Since when does Cold Fusion stop a volcano? That's just you got <laughs> yeah, that Stan Lee oh. science. <sighs> but it's but I, it makes me wonder why they used that. That that was sort of telling the audience you're really dumb. That's a, I felt that way a lot <laughs> through that movie that you, they were basically not giving us a lot of. You're credit not too bright, it. but why are you saying that to nerds? Yeah. I guess they're not saying it to nerds. Maybe they're 
Excuse me, sir. I don't think that's quite correct is what you were trying to propose there. Well, some of us could have figured out from, like, the save the daughter's life theme, you know, scene that there was magic blood and they didn't have to drop the tribble scene in, you know, minutes right. before Kirk died, essentially. Right. Yeah. Behind us. And right. Yeah. I do feel a little insulted. Well, they could have just like made up. They could have just said, Spock, drop your, your, that, that new missile that you invented you know your new bomb that you invented mm -hmm. into it and then we can you know make up some jibber jabber name like they always did in yeah it's just kind of laziness i mean cold fusion is something they but know, people would recognize yeah. but and it makes the lava sound science yeah. <laughs> in a cold that's way. why we fusion yeah oh okay that's fine i buy it though it's cold so it's like freezing yeah i get it I can follow. It was nice when they, uh, you know, ah, what's the worst could happen that they saw us and they're throwing down the holy scroll Cuts and drawing the Enterprise in the ground. Cult, yeah, yeah. See, <laughs> Which I, I didn't mind because that's exactly the kind of thing Kirk would have done in the original series. Yeah. yeah. And <laughs> if anything, I would have loved to have seen a scene of him like pushing against, you know, an inquiry board saying, you know, it's like, who cares if they worship our spaceship now instead of. The sun god. Yeah, you know, what, yeah. There was what a difference bird, They make? were worshipping that bird that flew over two <laughs> exactly. weeks ago, you know, and then they worshipped this. It's really this, not going to affect their development yeah, much. Maybe they'll get to like space creature. quicker. Who knows? Yeah. Well, they were going to die anyway, so. Right. Yeah. That's what does the it thing. matter? Yeah. Yeah, but you never know. They could have been. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe they were. They. How can you interfere with, with the culture that was going to be dead? Well, that's, that's true. the whole point, that's though. True. They weren't supposed to save them. They're supposed right. to, they're oh. supposed they're supposed to, to take its course, right. which is just... I don't see the Prime well, Directive yeah. as... I, I don't read the Prime Directive as, like, you don't no. help well, Paul, people well, if you... Well, Paul is obviously a Prime Directive purist. <laughs> Let well, him see, die. That was, the, that was oh. what made the original show great, was Kirk said, oh, Prime Directive, my ass. Not I this time. People. Yep. <laughs> you gotta know when to hold them and know when to fold them. And <laughs> yeah. there's, he broke... He broke the temporal prime directive. Yeah. He broke the prime directive. Now, now broke Future a lot of Spock cherries. I, yeah, I was just life. gonna say he broke the uh, he broke the tribal chief's daughter's prime directive. <laughs> Probably. He was messing uh, with the cats. Uh, in, uh, in Deep Space Nine, when they did the Trouble with Tribbles episode. Oh yeah. And they had the temporal police, and they mentioned Kirk, and the yeah, guy kind of rolls oh. his eyes. <laughs> yeah, you know, like, yeah, they're like, "Oh man, the man's a menace." <laughs> Twenty-seven violations. <laughs> why? Why couldn't this movie have been like Kirk gets chased by the natives, jumps off the cliff, knocks himself on the head, and becomes Kirok? Oh yes. Except this oh, one would have been like Kirok. it would have been Spock, and him, I am Spirok. <laughs> Oh Christ! Dude. Behold the God who bleeds green. <laughs> that I had not seen a lot of the original go. series episodes before, you know, watching them as y'all discuss them on the show, and that by far was like one of the best ones, best like combination episode in two True Freak. Uh, uh, recap. Oh God. Yeah, that's, that's one that's actually... That's a classic. A, yeah, it's got all the classic story elements and the cheese effect. It's got everything firing. <laughs> it's got that great photo Swarthy shot, Kirk. Yes. Yeah. Mm. All right. Well, I guess the, the new movie still makes us misty-eyed for the original Star Trek. But I, I'm down for the next one. 
I was happy. I pay, I I just found out the cinema down the street charges five fifty for matinees. Yeah. So I'm and then an nice. extra dollar twenty five or two twenty five or something like that for three D. So. That's, wow, I gotta drive to New York to watch movies. They'll probably be closed in a month. You know, it's probably some desperation plea. But that was <laughs> that was uh, it was definitely worth my five fifty. I would, I would say it's worth full price. So, for what it's worth. Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you loved Trek 09, then you'll probably have a hell of a time with this one. But for all us old Star Trek farts, Scott, well, Gardner, most of us. And I wish you'd see it just because I'd like to. I'd like to have the this conversation with you. It, you know, but I Scott know, would not like it. I know it would. No, um, no, it's weird. getting an old fan is a weird feeling. Yeah, you feel, almost feel like you're cheating if you like this one. You know, it's it's just. It's disappointing that Scott is so set in his ways that he won't even give it a fair shake. I mean, I think I all of think us I'd... are big fans of Star Trek, of the original Star Trek, mm-hmm. but we found things to like about this movie. Well, so, it, in his defense, it bothers him, you know. So I, I look at it as, if you're gonna go like as as I said, I'm a cold-eyed, steely killer. <laughs> so I'll go to the movie and enjoy hating it. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll go there and be like. Oh my God, you know, but Scott, if if you know, and hey, if like, I why go, go why this... go pay to do, for an unpleasant experience? <laughs> yeah, like, right. I, I think Scott is. I think he feels like he doesn't want to contribute money to encourage that's making true, movies that he's not going to like. That's kind of smart. I respect the hell out of that opinion. <laughs> I yeah, I was not able to uh, to um, fight that urge. But, you know, I wasn't it, – it, it's a double-edged sword how I feel about liking New Trek or how I feel about it compared to Old Trek because Old Trek isn't going away. You know, I still got – got New Trek on the side. But, you know, when you're talking to Old Trek in your head, you go, you know, I know I went to see New Trek, but I don't <laughs> – but it's younger and sexier yeah, than you. It's in a, I still it's love in, you. I was in another Just one time, it didn't mean anything. All right, I was in another I love you. altogether. I just had sex with this one. And it meant nothing. I married you, didn't I? Oh, yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm here with you, you know, but hey, when you're on another timeline. <laughs> hey, you know, you know, it's, you know. I was thinking about you the whole Habits time. on Earth version yeah. <laughs> 666? Yes. Exactly. Well, I think if I could go see this movie and and like it, I think Scott... Well, I don't know. Yeah. Nah. He won't. He won't like... Yeah. (laughs) No, he won't. Well, because this is my... I want him to see it for purely selfish reasons. That's also why he doesn't want to see see it, it. Because he doesn't... he knows you people. just want to watch the train wreck. You he just knows he the knows crash. there's lots of people who'd love to see him go to the movie and come back, you know, just like I don't oh, I hated it. This is he, he may give it a shot on cable, but he's never going to the Yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. Oh no, I could see him I could see him, you know. I don't see this being even as bad as Dark Knight. Even now, after no. listening to you guys no. talk about this is far worse than dark or i mean this is far better than dark knight dark knight was far worse it's yeah it's it, it was a different thing you know the thing the the thing about it is it's got all those the elements of the that i liked of the original one it's got in here and it's actually got even more 
you know, verging on actual trekkiness going on at the beginning of it. So I started going, maybe this was all a big troll to fool me into thinking this movie was going to be really crappy at the end. But the the, the problem was, I talked to a a few people who saw it when it came out early, and they're like, no, it's it's all true. (laughs) And they couldn't all have been in on it. (laughs) Or could they? Or... sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, 2TrueFreaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the 2TrueFreaks at the same time. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. Visit our brand new website at 2TrueFreaks.com. 2TrueFreaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Join our forum at ForumForGeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find 2TrueFreaks on Facebook. Just search for 2TrueFreaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook, too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook, too, if you can find me. Now available, Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening. And join us every Monday for new episodes of Two, two True, True Freaks. Freaks.
we were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan, on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this. 